Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcasts and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. This is the common denominator of greatness, Austin Aries. And you're listening to In the Room with the man, Brady Hicks. Welcome back. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. We are live right here, VOCNation.com, although the website appears to be down at the moment. But if you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash VOCNation Radio, you can check out the live stream right there. Uh, so everything seems to be down tonight, just, just basically from what I can tell. But we're here. I'm not down in any way. I've got with me the one and only maestro of professional wrestling. Papa Stro, what's going on, sir? Oh, hey, it's always highlight the week for me. And uh, hey, Stone Cold coming to WrestleMania, man! Ah, oh, I can't wait. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm so excited about that. 
Uh, we also have re- joining us again. You know, I didn't even listen to last week, Kevin, so I don't know if you were here or not. I don't know what end is up. But uh, Kevin Brady, back with us once again. How you doing, sir? Well, that's right, Brady. It's me. It's me. It's HKB, one half of the greatest radio wrestling tag team. My partner, the hack, Patrick Hackett, not able to join us this week. Uh, but I'm excited to be here and represent what uh, the legacy of Steel Cage Radio. I got to say, I don't know if you missed much last week. Uh, we had a show. I just don't remember anything about it. Uh, I'm sure it was great, though, because I was there. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? How was your week away from us? Uh, it was very relaxing, thank you. I, it was very good. Very good indeed. I was and I, Good. I mean, they lost, yeah. but they always lose. You know, so you accept, you expect that. You know, <laughs> actually, Kevin, they, yeah. they did a promotion with our alma mater, uh, where we were supposed to get a Flyers uh, LaSalle hat. If, if we were, oh wow, yeah, they, right. they didn't deliver the hat, so I'm still waiting. Uh, for uh, the no, no, the uh, uh, Russia supply chain pipeline, whatever. I said it's not here. It's not here a week later, <laughs> and they went dead on this. Uh, they went on LaSalle on me, as I would say, and just disappeared. They ghosted me. Uh, but, but it's okay. It's a, I, <laughs> yeah. Little known fact, all LaSalle University gear comes right from Russia. It's all produced in Moscow. I believe it. I believe it. I do. <laughs> um, actually, I would have thought Hong Kong. but uh, Yeah, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in. Uh, I have a treat for you guys. Uh, I'm guessing that's why the callers are lining up right now, because they really want to hear this. Uh, so we're going to have <laughs> Drake Works. Uh, he, he's a, a referee. Well, he was a referee with WWE. He was an independent wrestler. He's a politician out of Florida. A little bit of a conspiracy nut, right-wing kind of guy. But we're going to have fun tonight. Um, and we're not going to make fun of him too much, Kevin, uh, because I, I really am interested in the wrestling part of uh what Drake's going to have to say. Uh, some of you guys might know him as Drake Younger from CZWS. And he was a hardcore wrestler, too, so you've got to be careful. He was actually hardcore, Kevin. Yeah, you know, look, first of all, I spent plenty of time down in the combat zone. you got to remember, CZW's home originated in, like, Sewell, New Jersey, which is right down the road from where I'm currently sitting. Sure. And I remember going to CZW matches in you know, abandoned warehouses that were 130 degrees, you know, seeing guys like Rick Blade jump off the top of semi-trucks into the ring. You know, come on. I I was CZW before CZW was CZW. And uh, I don't remember this guy at all. What does that tell you about him? He's nothing. He's a nobody. He came later. He came later. Uh, Actually, yeah, he was uh, part of the uh, DJ Hyde era. Uh, so I guess DJ purchased the company around like maybe 10 or 11, something like that, and kind of ran with it from that point on. So. Yeah, and uh, I was, uh, I was uh, ride or die John Sandick. And that is just to say ride or die with the company he owned, not the yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. No, that was White Peter, too, wasn't it? Was it? What, White Peter uh, was, was yeah. big around then. Yeah. yeah. Gage, the late Justice Payne. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the late Trent Acid. Wow. Uh, the yeah. Other, the unfortunately not late Z Bar. You missed my man Pondo, man. I, I love that dude. I love Pondo. Pondo was Pondo was fucking awesome. That dude. He sounds like he'd be fun. Like oh, yeah. he was like super deathmatch. Like that guy was. You want to talk about guys that were hardcore? Right. That's the guy I would never want to step into the ring with. 
Okay. He's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, so that's interesting. So that's one thing. Uh, Kevin, you actually checked out some wrestling this weekend, too. Uh, you watched the uh, Revolution pay-per-view, AEW, and uh, I know you had some really strong thoughts on it. I, I would love to kind of hear what you have to say because I have not seen it yet. Yeah, so uh, I was telling you guys off the air that, uh, you know, like around 1996, I had kind of fallen off of the product. Uh, out of the industry as a whole. And then on a whim in 1998, I, I ponied up the, whatever, $30 for the Heatwave 98 pay-per-view and was just totally, my, my imagination was recaptured. I was totally brought back in. It was one of the best pay-per-view events I had ever seen. And from that time for, for like the intervening probably decade, I was, boom, I was, I was right back in. I was all about the business. I had, I had found my smile. And, uh, you know, in, in, in the years since, I have again fallen off and don't really watch much product. And that's not a secret. Uh, I, don't, I don't hide that on this show. But, but I'll tell you what, I, I sat down to watch the Revolution pay-per-view. And I'm not going to say it was Heat Wave 98 levels, but there were feelings. I definitely had some feelings about it. It was, uh, I thought, a really solid show top to bottom. I would say this, echoing what Hack said in his, his AEW review from – Last week, I guess, or the week before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we discussed how, you know, sometimes the, the process is just too long. And and I think I could say the same thing here. It was a four-hour pay-per-view. It ran from 8 until after midnight. I don't, I don't need to be up past 11 o'clock watching wrestling. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't have that much gas left in the tank. So that last hour, it can be a struggle. Um, there were definitely things that could have been cut from the show. But I'll tell you what, I mean, the... Uh, the Jurassic Express uh, versus the uh, Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, that, uh, that three-way tag team match was, was fantastic. I mean, high spots galore, but more than just high spots, they really had great chemistry growing between the three teams, uh, great gimmick going between the Bucks and the Red Dragon over who would or wouldn't get the opportunity to, to win the title from the Jurassic Express. And ultimately it was that breakdown of whatever prearranged agreement they were trying to sell that ended up costing them the match, and the, and the Express uh, retained. I got to say, Jungle Boy, this is the first time I've ever actually seen him in a match. I only knew him as Luke Perry's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude can work. That dude's got some skills. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he's a small guy, but really just incredibly athletic. I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed what he brought to the ring. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was the ladder match. I could have done without that for whatever brass ring to be the face of the revolution or whatever the crap the gimmick was. I don't know. But uh, the only thing I walk away from that match saying is Orange Cassidy, interesting fellow. I like his style. I mean, it's, you know, I I, I can appreciate when somebody's doing something different and and he definitely brings a different approach to his gimmick than, than anyone else I've seen in the business. Uh, Jade Cargill and Tay Conte, 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 um, Conte, 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 Tay Conte, whatever. Uh, You say Conte, I say Conte. Excuse the pun, but Jade is definitely green. Um, but I think she's got loads of potential. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, given a little more time to grow into the business, I think she could be a real force. And, you know, I, 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 hesitate, I try not to be that guy. I try not to be the male gazy guy that, 
you know, is, is checking out the, the ladies uh, as they're coming to the ring and, and appreciating things other than their work rate. But yeah, that's my all. God, yeah, that's all. Her, her Mortal Kombat Jade-inspired ring gear had me feeling feelings. I got I was I was feeling myself a little watching that. That was yes. I, we all know your love for Alexa Bliss, uh, but Jade had uh, Jade was just touching me somewhere deep inside, below the belt. Well, as long as it was hard doing it. <laughs> uh, Punk and MJF. Now this was for me one of the matches of the night, uh, one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. An old-school dog collar match, something you're not going to see in WWE. You're not going to see on a PG-rated program. Punk wearing the crimson mask the whole time. You know, Punk is 43 years old. He's made his money. He doesn't need to be taking those beatings, but he's doing it for the love of the game. i got to respect that. MJF might be the best heel in the business right now. That dude has so much heat. It's, it, was coming, it, was, it was like coming off of my TV. It was warming my home. I could turn the gas heater in my home off and just let the heat coming off of MJF make my home comfortable in a, in a, in a late winter uh, evening. Um, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the women's title. You know, again, it was fine. Um, it didn't blow me away. I think this is where WWE really has an advantage in their women's division. Because uh, neither of the women's matches on this AEW show blew me away. None of the four ladies that were involved were anything I would classify as special. Uh, the most interesting thing I could say about this is that Britt Baker is a real dentist, and she's a heel, but she has actual clients. And as someone who has been afraid of dentists for a long time, I don't know that her being a heel is really doing anything for my uh, oral health care. It's not Better really than nice <laughs> She is better than Isaac Gank. She is definitely yeah. better than Isaac Gank. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I hope that her – and, you know, look, I mean, she's also from Florida, so much like your, our, our guest coming up. So I'm hoping that her career doesn't take the same trajectory as Kane where she ends up as a, uh, you know, ridiculous mayor of some small Florida town. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Moxley versus Danielson. I feel like this is a match that could have main evented an ECW pay-per-view in the late 90s, early 2000s. Those dudes just have something special. And I got to tell you, I think they're better under their current booking in AEW than either of them was in the little bits that I saw of them in WWE. You know, Brian Danielson and uh, uh, what was the uh, – I forget what Moxley's – what was Moxley's character in, in WWE? Andrew yeah, Ambrose. Ambrose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of those guys really ever stood out for me. Neither of those guys really stood out for me in WWE, but but here, Ambrose, it it had the feeling. uh, Please, no soundboard. No soundboard when I'm talking. I am not a fan of soundboard. Both of these guys, I think, are just really talented workers, and it had the feel of of a match from. Ring of Honor, which I guess I, I also heard that uh, Tony Khan is that was in, the midst of, uh, in the midst of acquiring Ring of Honor. <laughs> he, he bought it. It's lock, lock, stock, and delivery. Is, is it done? Is it, is done? it done? Yeah. Yep. Okay, well. It's a new developmental. a great purpose for them. For sure. It's a great purpose for them. And 
you know, if, if they find some way to incorporate the, uh, the, the video library into some kind of streaming service in the future, I think that's also a, a real um, a real bullet in their gun. Uh, the Tornado Tag Team match bored the hell out of me. It was all over the place. I did not enjoy it. All I can say is i got to give all the credit in the world to Sting, who is 62 years old and took a ridiculous table spot for three tables. That, again, that was ridiculous. 62, you don't need to do that when you're 62. You should be retiring on a beach somewhere. But the man's going to do it. He's going to do it. I give him credit for that. And then finally, Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Main event for the title. The crowd after three and a half hours of a show, plus dark matches before that, I'm sure, they had every right in the world to not be up for this match, but they were up for it from bell to bell. Uh, both of these guys have tons of heat with the AEW fans. Uh, great pops all around. Really well-delivered match. Exciting title defense for the Hangman Adam Page. I enjoyed it. I would watch either of those guys in a, in a pay-per-view main event against almost anybody anytime again in the future. Uh, just a couple other thoughts on the show. Uh, for my money, I've now decided that Excalibur, best guy in the booth of either of the two major companies. Wow. I'll take him over anybody WWE has. And I enjoy his uh, his working with uh, Scavone and uh, and uh, good old, old JR. Yep. Uh, Punk was the MVP of the show. Uh, as I said, the women's division needs some help. It's a women's division that could really use like a a Bailey or a Sasha Banks or an Alexa Bliss, like just somebody to to slot in there and just give it a little more credibility and take it up a notch. I think that's really where they fail compared to WWE. Um, like I said, Moxley and Danielson, I'm 100% behind them in their current roles. I love the, the Regal thing, the, the Regal tie-in at the end of the match. Uh, it was really well done. So and, weird he's uh, there. MJF, MJF, best heel in the business. That's my thoughts. Yeah, uh, so there's a bunch there that you threw at me that I want to address. At least uh, the first thing, and this is something that I've been saying for the longest time. Um, so WWE, uh, aside from WrestleMania, most of their pay-per-views are like two hours and 45 minutes, which is like the classic, you know, just under three. They're actually shorter than Raw, which is ironic that their pay-per-view is shorter than their, their flagship television show, but that's... Uh, that's just the way it works out, I guess, because of advertising dollars. Um, I, I, even if you do three hours, you know, but I, I, I feel like, you know, uh, Impact and AEW have really been pushing that four-hour limit lately. And it just seems like like it's just it, – it, it's a long show. It, it, it is a long show. Um, so you can easily cut time off of that show. You, you the Kingston versus Jericho match, that can go. That was nothing special. The ladder match, that could go. Uh, either one of the women's matches, neither one was spectacular. You keep one on the show, fine. You could lose the other one. And that Tornado Tag match, there was just, I, I don't know, I didn't see any reason for that match to exist. It was just all over the place. If I were a fan in the building, I would have hated that match because none of it took place in the ring. And it wasn't even, like, all in one spot. It was in three different areas of, of the arena. Yeah. It's possible to follow live. Um, so, WCW pay-per-views, were they that long? I don't remember them being four hours. I know they had the uh, one. 
They had the one with the warrior where it cut off at 11, didn't they? Like, that was just, I guess it was a different time then. Halloween Havoc. Well, well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, their pay-per-views was as long as, like, some of the tapings they did, like, for Orlando. And yeah, Netflix, those were. For example. But but the thing was, even though they were long, they had shorter matches. The matches were shorter. So you, you, didn't, you didn't, like, lose interest as easily. You know, yeah. a, a longer match, longer matches. You know, they were short and to the point. So, I mean, like Smoky Mountain. I remember doing Smoky Mountain wrestling years ago. I mean, oh God, those tapings. We had like, like four and a half hours. <laughs> uh, and, but 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 with that though, they were tapings for like each week. You know what I mean? Each episode. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. So I mean, that was understandable. But still, I mean, sometimes those tapings would drag and drag, and it was amazing how the people would still, the audience would still have the, the gumption. I know. Like Iron Man. Like that's insane. I remember they used to do WCW tapings that were five, five and a half hours for like Nitro, Thunder, whatever, Mm -hmm. back in the day. WWE. Same thing back in the 80s. Yeah. They would have like long tapings, but but again, it was shorter matches. I want to hear. It's even like, you can even remember back, uh, you know, the, the the first hour of a Raw taping was Sunday Night Heat. And, you know, so they, they would always tag that on to either Raw or SmackDown, whichever show at the time they were doing it at. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's one thing if you're doing a long taping that you're then going to disseminate over the air in multiple chunks. But one four-hour chunk of pay-per-view, so even as the guy sitting at home, at home it's too much. I can't imagine what it's like in the arena. I mean, I can't. I've been through the long tapings, and, and it's tough to keep the energy level up. But, you know, I feel like we're banging this drum every week. Sometimes less is more, and I don't – I mean, it, it sounds weird because it's not like ticket prices have gone down, so you would think you're going to charge the money that you charge for a ticket, then sure, you want to give the, the most product as possible. But, you know, sometimes it's too much. You know, it's the same, same experience I had this week. I went and saw the Batman, right? I paid my $15. I went and saw the Batman. The Batman is – it's it's an excellent movie that's an hour too long, and and you know you can cut the last forty minutes off of that movie. Like, I like it. the last. I enjoy the Batman. The my interest stuff. That's that's what. That's the difference. Some movies be long, you fall asleep, and oh my god, what the hell's going on? But but this particular, I mean, it could have been shorter, right? Granted, but the fact they they kept the interest up, they kept the guests on the edge of your seat the whole time. And if you go oh, to a lot, great. you know what I mean. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I mean, yeah. everybody, everybody gives a great performance. Everybody. Well, I, I, know what you, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. I know but I mean, if you saying. if you end that movie at the two hour and twenty minute mark, it's still a complete story. It's right. still a really good movie. It's still an excellent movie. I think it's probably a better movie. Uh, so sometimes, you know, I, I just I don't need to commit that much time to one block of entertainment sometimes. And you know what? Some of these independent promotions are just as guilty of that too. I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I did a, I did a tribute show right a while back, and um, Bar- Barbarian and I were like I think number thirteen, and it literally had twenty matches, right? Ooh. And we, we took a nap and woke up a few times before a match, <laughs> and then as we're going back to the hotel, you know, eating, go back to the hotel, right? We're calling um, the Midnight Express, you know, conjuring eating, right? And they're, they're still waiting during the main event. They're still waiting to be in the main event, right? Oh, my <laughs> God. As, as we're going to bed. So. Well, I, 
but no, I listen. I, I was thinking like coming up with WrestleMania, right? SmackDown uh, the night before re- the night one of WrestleMania, Friday night. Uh, they're going to start their tapings at seven o'clock, pre-tape whatever. They're going to do two hours live of SmackDown, I assume. Then from nine o'clock on, they're going to have the Hall of Fame. So they're going to have, uh, and even if it's only the Steiners, Vader, and the Undertaker, and to say only, like, my God, in my opinion, all three of them should be headliners of their own classes. Uh, but if you're going to do that, um, who's going to be the person to start nodding off when the Undertaker's talking about his career? That's nuts. That That's insane. But at that point, those fans are going to have been there for five and a half, six hours. I don't see the point. I don't see the point. Jam and everything. It's shorter than coming to the ring, right? His usual interest in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I hear he's still making his way down to the ring from WrestleMania 35. (laughs) And and Brady, you know, we we talked about this last week when uh, uh, Granny Hoekster called in last week, and she was all excited because she's got tickets to WrestleMania for the first time, and you know, I've been to one WrestleMania myself. I went to WrestleMania 20. As a matter of fact, I went with the Hacks, Patrick Hackett. And, uh, you know, it was a great event. It was, whatever, three, three and a half hours, whatever it was. Yeah. It was a spectacular event, and we got to see all of it. And now, if you're going to tell me that, oh, you want to come see WrestleMania, great. Well, which night do you want to come to? Because you're not going to get to see the whole card no. unless you show up for no. two nights. Now, to their credit, to the credit that they're announcing what matches are on what night at least. In the past, they didn't even do that. You had to guess what, what, like, if you buy a ticket for night one, the match that you want to see might be a night two. Right. I mean, to me, that's awful. I mean, you know, and, and, but the thing, even with that, is presumably you've already got your tickets for WrestleMania, and the card's yeah. still not set. So, the only thing I will say, yeah. The only thing I will say, and, and those, those tapings <laughs> were insane. I remember the one year when The Undertaker retired. He retired at, like, 2 in the morning because, like, WrestleMania just kept going and going and going. That was when it was one night. But, like, the fans that are going to Dallas that are going to see WrestleMania, like, I got a Uh, feeling they're, like, they're hashtag all in, as you'd say. You know what I mean? I I don't think that they're going to just buy ticket for one show, personally. But, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, so so we're we're talking to Granny Hulkster. She's clearly a fan. She listens to this show for Yeah. Well, I mean, that is so a thing. She's, she's, she's got to be among the most hardcore of the hardcore. Did she call she's in last week? Going, she did, yeah. yeah she yeah, of course, because I was going there. Sunday night. She avoids me. She's only going Sunday. Wow. Okay. Right. I mean, she only has tickets for Sunday night, so she's going to miss both women's title matches. I know they're that's, on Saturday. That's dumb that they didn't spread those out, by the way. you got two women's title that matches, but one on each side. 100%. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Anyway, other thoughts on Revolution, Brick? Um, well, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I, I think it's really cool um, because, like, when they announced that they purchased Ring of Honor last Wednesday, um, a lot of people just jumped to the conclusion that it was just going to be a tape library. You know, they're going to have this early footage of, like, Dan- Brian Danielson or CM Punk will be able to make documentaries and stuff like that. The stuff that WWE does, and WWE does a great job with documentaries. I'll never knock them for that. I actually think their documentaries are actually better than most of the week-to-week product that they put out. Um, but that Heroes of World Class uh, DVD is still one of my favorite DVDs. That they oh, have yeah. 
Oh yeah, for sure. The uh, the, the 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 ECW and the WCW rise and fall ones, incredible. Um, they, mm-hmm. they they the Macho Man one that they did a couple years ago, top notch. Just some great oh, yeah. stuff on there. Um, but they're gonna treat Ring of Honor like its own promotion, apparently. And it was such a smart move because, like they said, they have a uh, they have what 190 people on their roster now AEW. You know what I mean? And um, I'm only kidding, of course. I think it's more like 160. Uh, but like 40, 40 or 50 of them came through Ring of Honor. So now you can do those rematches. You can, you know, you sign people who were affiliated with Ring of Honor. You have them fight Brian Danielson or Sam Punk or whatever the case may be. Uh, Listen, uh, we're going to continue this discussion, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on the matter. The number to call in, 914-338-1885. But joining us on the line right now, I have a real special treat for you guys. Uh, it's Actually, it's incredible to see this guy's face and know that he's here right now. Uh, you may have seen him in WWE as a referee. You probably know him from some of his hardcore battles on the independents, or more recently, the Florida political scene, which he's – Lighting on fire like he used to light his opponents on fire. Uh, Drake Wirtz on the line with us. How you doing, pal? Good to see you, man. Man, I'm incredibly blessed, Brady. Thank you so much for having me. It's really cool to sit down and chat with you guys. So, uh, man, just happy to be here. Exciting times. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, so tell us, I mean, obviously you've had a lot going on since we last kind of saw you on TV. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I still have my toes in the water of professional wrestling. I mean, once you're in this business, it's always it's in your blood. And I spilled a lot of my blood throughout the world <laughs> in the course of professional wrestling. Uh, and so, you know, it's always going to be somewhat of a part of me. Um, obviously, it's on the back burner uh, at the current stage of my life. Uh, but I, I do go to Puerto Rico once a month to work for Orlando Colon's um, LAWE, Latin, Latin American Wrestling Entertainment. They have okay. incredible, incredible atmosphere, um, great crowds, and uh, it, it's a good mix of, of established stars with, like, the up-and-coming uh, stars on the Puerto Rican scene. And so, you know, I go there, do do some production, help with the ring crew and referee as well. Um, it's kind of give back whatever knowledge that I've gained over the course of being being in professional wrestling for 20 years. Um, the other aspects of my life, uh, I, I manage a small business here in, uh, here in Central Florida, uh, construction sales, uh, that's gone phenomenally. Uh, you know, it's so funny what you pick up in the line of professional wrestling, you can truly use it in, you know, quote-unquote, civilian life. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you travel around the world yeah. and you work with so many different people, uh, you pick up different life skills that can help you on in whatever chapter of your life. Obviously, I'm running for, for political office. I'm running for state representative uh, here in Central Florida as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm a father of three children. I coach Little League Baseball. I still stay in shape. So, I mean, it is busier than ever. It is just absolutely nonstop with the either campaigning, running my business, just being a dad, uh, being involved in my community, um, and then, you know, doing some, some wrestling endeavors here and there as well. So, uh, man, it's it's incredible. Let, let's, uh, let's start with the politics, and then we'll kind of jump into the wrestling. So what was it about the political scene down there in Florida that really intrigued you, that made you want to kind of get more involved? Yeah, well, you know, here at the state level, 
Um, you know, I, I think of this day and age, you know, at least in my 38 years on God's green earth, there's never been a more important time good state representation, uh, especially when we have all, you know, there's these constant threats of federal overreach and federal tyranny. Uh, we got to have good um, to, to defy any kind of potential overreach. Um, and we need to have, you know, men that are going to rise up and stand on constitutional conservative Christian values. And you know, within the Republican Party, there's been so weak need jelly back, you know, politicians that are career politicians. They run on platforms of being patriot conservatives, and then they get to Tallahassee, and they just vote for tax hikes, and, and they just go along with whatever leadership wants. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot of people every two years they say, oh, this is the election. This is the year. But you know, not be cliché. 2022 is really the year of the outside-of-the-box political candidate. Uh, true champions that are rolling up their sleeves, they're tired of sitting on the sidelines, and we're tired of politics as usual. Um, and we're going to, you know, we're running as the founders of our nation, that frame of our nation, how they, how they founded our nation, which is citizen legislators, not politicians. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, for those that, you know, out there listening to the, you know, listening to the show, uh, I you go check out my website, votedrake.com. Um, if you're conservative-minded or even if you're not, please check out my website. Uh, sign up for my email blast. And um, and if you believe in what we're doing, please consider making a donation to the campaign as well. Uh, but most importantly, please pray for us. Well, I, now, now Dick, as a as a non as a non Christian, uh, you can keep those ideals out of my politics. Uh, but I do have a question for you. I'd like your opinion. Who is the greatest wrestling politician of all time? Ooh, man, that's, that's gonna, be a, it's gonna be a tie between Matt Morgan and Jacobs. Uh, wow. I, you, right, right now, I think Glenn Jacobs has it. I think well, more than Jacobs. More than Jesse Ventura? Oh, yeah, 100% okay. more. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, Glenn Jacobs is, is standing against, you know, all, all this this nonsense from Biden. You know, he's standing against – he's taking a stance, you know, against all the, you know, all this liberalism that's trying to be pushed into a state. He's, like, standing firm. I love it. I love what he's standing for. So uh, he's not holding back, and, and, you know, he's doing fantastic as mayor. I can see him as governor of Tennessee someday. Uh, wow. Take it, it, well, of course. He's a rock star Christian conservative. Really is. Of course, you're incorrect. The correct answer was Abraham Lincoln, Wrestling Hall of Famer. As a Republican, you really should have known that. No. Abraham Lincoln was more of a catch as catch can, but he didn't draw. <laughs> Come on. Uh, any any yeah. comparisons to be made between wrestling and politics? Uh, who, who's more Everything. trustworthy? Who's more trustworthy? <laughs> it is just, it is so much like pro wrestling. It just okay. Wild. Okay, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Funny. It, 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 instead of hitting each other with barbed wire bats and steel chairs, I mean, we're you know they you're getting verbal jabs and uh you know in, in backroom dealings and stuff like that. But no, it, wrestling it's just like wrestling, and it, it's a, you know it, it's almost like you're, you're starting over too because like we. You know, you, you you get bookings for speaking events, uh, but you have your you have your your, your stump speech or your promo. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got you got to pay for your own signs, you pay for your own trans. All the old timers give you unsolicited advice. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's so much it's so much like wrestling. 
Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so, like, obviously, Drake, you're somebody who's not afraid to speak their mind, even if, like, maybe people don't always like what you have to say. Uh, and this is maybe it's kind of a duh question, but, like, your time with WWE, how difficult was it to kind of toe that line between keeping your beliefs and not offending the people that were paying you? Oh, I didn't tow it very well, obviously. Well, I wasn't going to say that. No. Uh, Look, and look, uh, and my my wife and I did an interview last night as well. Uh, you know, the first six years uh, that I was with WWE, it was, man, absolutely incredible. It was like a family atmosphere, especially at the NXT. Like, it was like, we were like a team. You know, we traveled like as a sports team. We, you know, see that 2016-2017 that NXT roster, man, we'll never, be, we'll never be duplicated. Like, unmatched. I mean, you had Tommaso Ciampa. You had Johnny Gargano. Street Profits had just come in. Aleister Black, uh, Undisputed Era came in in 2017. Uh, Cassius Ono. I mean, all the ladies that came in. Bianca Belair. Uh, Matt Riddle came in at that time. Donovan Dijak. I mean, it, it is just a, a stack. It, it's a night in Cocoa Beach, Florida, or Leesburg, Florida, you can see what is now would be considered a WrestleMania card. Um, and we, we traveled together. We set up the rings together. Uh, and it was truly like a, you know, we wanted to outdo the main roster. Um, and, you know, we had all these all these people, especially if you had a family, you moved to Orlando, Florida from wherever you were from. Um, so it was really kind of a tight-knit bond. Uh, 2020, obviously, things got a little different. They, you know, world shut down. They separated everybody. You know, there was all this, all this you know, influence from uh, – the Marxism and political stuff, and so that kind of just muddied the waters a little bit. But no, man, absolutely fantastic run. Like some of the greatest stories of my life. You know, I got to, you know, be in a, a feature match at WrestleMania, a couple of them. So, you know, plenty of takeover main events. Traveled the world on another man's dime. Was on TV every week. Learned a lot of life skills. Learned television production skills. Made a lot of friends that I still talk to today. You know. For me, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. From your previous wrestling experience, uh, what has that like taught you going forward into the other endeavors you're you're um, partaking now? It, it's really prepped me as far as work ethic and just you know just going going hard and not being afraid of a crazy schedule. Uh, you know, in especially whenever you were on the independents or in the grind of WWE. I mean, you know, I remember I, I, there were. It would be common in a weekend for me to do three matches in, let's say, an IWN South Strong Style Tournament in Chicago. Uh, get get pounded all pounded to pieces, uh, get stuffed into a van, drive 12, 12 hours to Pell City, Alabama, and do three death matches in a day. Uh, stay in a, a Motel 6, um, you know, wake up, travel home the next day, and, and, and just go back on the grind. You know what I mean? It's just um, – it really preps you for, for for having thick skin and for not for, for, for just having that go getter attitude um, and not being afraid to hey I'm going to operate on three or four hours of sleep but I'm going to get it give it everything I got today right <laughs> just being genuine with people uh, you know what I mean you learn to read people you learn to talk to people and just it, it just builds your confidence out there in the real world. And he's, uh, by the way, he's being too humble. This is Maestro from WCW, if you're familiar. Oh, I know. The Monday I know Night Maestro. Yep. yep. Right. That's right. him. Yep. Uh, well, we're, uh, actually, 
Yeah, pleasure to actually speak with you. You know, I've, I've read some of your commentaries, and we've chatted online a little bit. So it's a pleasure to speak with you in person here. Oh, absolutely. Pleasure's my sir. Yes, yes. I, I, I've had a great relationship with uh, Norman Smiley, and he always talks well about you. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Please give Norman my best. I, I love Norman. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, I mean, like you said, that roster in NXT and, like, even some of the stuff you've done in the independents, like, uh, you've been surrounded by some amazing talent. Uh, did you ever get that, like, kind of pinch-me moment where, like, it just all seemed too surreal? Uh, yeah, being in the ring at uh, WrestleMania when Triple H's music was playing for the match with him and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Okay. That was the moment that I can remember where – you know, the camera wasn't on me, and it was the, the classic Triple H entrance with the motorcycles and Motorhead, and, like, nobody I, – I just was looking around at 78,000 people <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. and was like, wow, my goodness, good God, how did I get here? This is incredible. So, right. Really, so Now, that's cool. Um <laughs> What was he going to say? Oh, uh, so one of the listeners wants to know, um, hardcore wrestling, like what would attract you to wanting to drag a barbed wire baseball bat across your head or or uh, <laughs> play with thumbtacks or broken – any of that stuff? I, uh, what, well, I, I, I knew it was something – yeah, I knew it was something that could, you know, set me apart at the time uh, rather than, you know, because there was – especially in the mid-2000s, there was a big – uh, uprising of wrestlers that were doing death matches, but having a lot of athleticism and, and innovation. Um, and I found that I had a decent threshold for pain. Um, and I knew that it would kind of get me out of my local area. And just to be quite honest, it was, it was quite an adrenaline rush as well. I mean, this sounds crazy, but you've never felt more alive than when you're bleeding buckets in front of a, a, a screaming rock crowd. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just something about it. Just something about it. So definitely not something you could do, you know, for 20 years steady. But, um, you know, during that eight years, I was pretty solid in death matches. Like, I was, I was proud of the work I put in. I, I felt, you know, I worked with some great people that took care of me, kept me safe, and made some good memories. And, um, yeah, man, it was it was awesome. I, I know, like, a lot of that time when you were involved in death matches and stuff uh, was the time that you spent specifically in – CZW, and uh, that's kind of where I got familiar with you. I, I wrote, like, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you know, story and everything at the time, the feature, and uh, it was such, like, a tight locker room, it always seemed like to me. Uh, what was the experience like in CZW? Uh, some of the best years of my life. Um, you know, the, the 2010 CZW era was really cool. We had J.C. Bailey, Trent Acid was back. This is, you know... Shortly before those guys, God bless them, God rest their soul, before they yeah, passed yeah. away. Uh, we had brain damage, and Danny Hattick, and uh, Ruckus was there. And um, CZW was like a rock and roll deathmatch gang. You know what I mean? And it, it was a changing of the guard. When I came in there in 2006, there was, you know, the old school, the white beaters and the Nick Gages and all that. And then there was a new age rock and roll. So it was cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're fine. Three-year-old background. You're you're fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, one of the things, and I think a lot of fans kind of got exposed to him in 2021 uh, was Nick Gage, uh, probably because of the Vice documentary, and and also because of the rise kind of of GCW in recent years. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I knew you you knew him from kind of a a younger age, if you will, a younger age, if you get it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, hold on. There we go. Yeah, I, man, my early battles with Nick Gage, it was so cool being in there and just the atmosphere that he would create with the audience. And, and I felt like I earned my stripes being in there with Nick Gage. Uh, we did a broke barbed wire match in, in Delaware early on, and, and I felt like I'd earned his respect. And, you know, once you – you know, there was a couple – I remember a night particularly I wrestled Nick Gage and then I wrestled Necro Butcher in the same evening. It's like, man, that's a tough day, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Seriously. once you've earned the, the seal of approval from Nick Gage, like, you're, you're good to go. Um, and just – we had some great – great times outside of the ring as well got to know him and um uh you know an, an incredible human being i haven't talked to him in years i'm very happy for his success and the aura and everything that he has built up because he definitely deserves it um but man we had a good handful of matches that were that were really cool one in particular we did one at the at the arena it was actually another nowhere far bar match but um it wasn't it wasn't advertised as such. Just Zandy kind of pulled us to the side that day. And he's like, hey, guys, I want to have tonight. Yeah, he's like, you guys be willing to do No World Bar Fire? And me and my young, fiery, I'm willing to fight to the, at the gates of hell for John Zandy. Wow. Yeah, okay. Sir, okay. whatever you need. You know? So uh, we had that match tonight, and, and Nikki really loved it. Um, and uh, we had good chemistry. Um, you know, Nick, Nick Gage is going to go down in the history of our business as just one of those truly unique characters. Um, you know, you hear the cliche, like some, some people have it, you know, the charisma or the it factor or whatever you want to call it. But whatever that is, Nick Gage has it and then some. Um, because he can command an audience and he can command a room. And he does it with his – he's not going to um, – He's not going to beat around the bushes. He's not going to change up his approach. He's not going to change his style. He's not going to change his, you know, his presentation of, of the brand that he has. He's going to be Nick F. Engage. Uh, love it, like it, or leave it. That's who he's right. going to be. And, um, and, and the people generally, they tend to like it. And sure. I'm a fan. Sure. And, and there's definitely, like, some hardcore fans that really enjoy that kind of stuff. I, I guess my next question would be, um, obviously there have been some breakthrough performers, but by and large, can being a hardcore wrestler, does that make it tough to break into the mainstream, do you think? Or is that something that's just kind of a perception that's not really true? I think it's a perception. I think it, there was a time when, when yes, that was, that made it a little more difficult. Like okay. era when WWE was just looking, you had to be, you had to be 25 years old. You had to be 6'3", you had to be 225 pounds. Christmas. Was, yep. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you had to be that that kind of mold. Uh, I think during that time it was tough, but you know who really broke the mold? I think uh, because he was a deathmatch guy, um, and then he went to the developmental system and became Dean Ambrose, and sure. uh, you know it was just an extension of who of who John Moxley was. Uh, and I think that showed like, hey, you can be. And he was he wasn't like a like a a soft, hardcore guy. I mean, he did no rope bar bar death matches. He did light tubes. He did panes of glass. You know, that's when we him and Nick Gage in Lumberton, North Carolina, we were bleeding buckets. So I think John Moxley really broke them all. It's interesting that you bring up John Moxley because I think a lot of fans, like you said, they've really kind of taken to him these last couple of years, especially since AEW. Um, what were your experiences in the ring like with him? Because I know you guys have had some battles as well. A lot, a lot. Yeah, we were uh, very close friends as well. He was actually in my wedding. Um, oh, cool. You know, I, 
grateful early on to just be in the ring with him during those early days. Um, he really brought up creativity in his mind and the way he presented his promos and his character. It was really, really cool, and it forced you to step up your performance um, as well. And he was super, and still is. I, I, I kind of drop in and out nowadays. I don't watch, you know, re- religiously, but he's um, incredibly adaptable. He can be in the ring with a Brian Danielson and have a technical masterpiece, or he can do deathmatch with a brain damage and, and just have blood and guts and gore, but really paint the picture of a story of a match that folks want to be invested in. Um, he can he can paint the picture with his with the way he talks and the story and his presence, rock star aura. Um, and so, you know, he's just a unique individual and uh, friendship and um, and just really happy to see him not only succeed, but succeed on his own terms. Um, you know, when he chose not to renew his contract with WWE, some, some people were like, oh, man, he's crazy. They offered him all this money. Sure, sure. He wanted to continue his legacy the way that he thought of it. And I think it's paid off. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, one of the listeners actually wants to know, um, when you went to WWE, I, uh, mm-hmm. Did you have any designs at the time to get in the ring as a wrestler, or had you really put those days behind you at that point? Yeah, I totally put those days behind me. It was okay. Uh, it was you know kind of joked around, but no, those days were you know, fully committed to to being a referee because you know, for sure I checked all the boxes that I wanted to check as a wrestler. Uh, okay. You know, main event in Cork and Hall, you know. Tournament of Death, Best of the Best, TPI, King of the Death Matches, has that, that really fun uh, two-year run in PWG uh, toward the end of my wrestling sure, run. Sure. So, uh, that was that was really cool. Um, and so I'd done everything I wanted to do as a wrestler. So I wanted to fully commit to being a referee and learning other aspects of the business. Now, I will say this. Whenever the, the, the opportunity came to take a rest bump, I was all for it. <laughs> sure. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, any and obviously you've described some pretty uh, what normal people not normal I'm not saying you're not normal please don't come after me right. but like most yeah. people wouldn't want to do some of the things that you have done during the course of your career was there anything that was too much for you or or something that you really hesitated before you did it I, I would always hesitate with something when it was like heights like going off a balcony or something. just kind of terrified me I would do it but it, I would be I would be really thinking about it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and you had that one really yeah. big fall. I remember that one time. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah, from the top. Yeah. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. But not that you're nuts. Again, I'm not saying you're no. nuts. Uh, no. Oh, no, you have to be a certain kind of nuts just to be involved <laughs> in this business. You, you got to be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> this is being in the wrestling business. You're a def- different breed of person, so you got to have. <laughs> Uh, Drake, uh, you mentioned the website. Uh, if people want to follow along at home, what's a, again, give them the website and what kind of social media, you know, again, if people want to kind of keep up with what you've got yeah. going on. Campaign websites, votedrake.com. You can find me on Instagram at, at thedrakewords. Uh, Facebook is at votedrakewords. I have a personal Facebook as well. Feel free to request me. Um, you know, I, I do post throwback pictures from my wrestling days. Um, again, I'm involved with LAWE in Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm doing Wrestle Daytona as a signing and autograph, uh, autograph signing and refereeing. That's going to be in Daytona Beach on April 4th, I believe. Um, and so I'm sure it's available at ProWrestlingTees.com uh, 
under December. So, yep. Very cool. Uh, Ned, and thank you so much for the time tonight. I, I did have a favor to ask before we let you go. I'm hoping it's okay. Um, yes. We, we could get you to record uh, a bumper to play on the beginning of the show. Would that be okay? 100%, man. Let's cool. Do it. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So the, uh, thank you. So the name of the show, and you can read it over Stroh's head there, it's In the Room. So if you could just tell people who, who <laughs> yeah. you are and uh, that they're listening to In the Room, we'll, we'll have you on your way. And, again, I appreciate it so much. You got it. Let me know when you're ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, three, two. Hey, folks. What's going on? Psycho Shooter Drake Younger, a.k.a. former WWE referee Drake Words, and you are listening to In the Room. The Psycho Shooter. I forgot. All right. Well, thank you so much, Drake. It was a, a real pleasure. I, I appreciate the time. And best of luck with all, the, with all the political all the stuff, for sure. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Stroh, take care, guys. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, what we're going to do right now, guys, we're going to open up the phone lines. We're going to take a commercial break. Malcolm, I see you on there. Everybody else dropped off, but come on back. 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. And we'll be right. Oh, Kevin, you got to get out of here, too, don't you? I'm sorry. I ran right into the break. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm, I'm going to sign off, but uh, before I do, I'd like to give a plug to Joy Goff Marcel. Uh, that is Joy for FL.com. She is the Democratic opponent of Drake. So if you'd like to learn more about a politician, <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about a politician who doesn't think that children are being trafficked out of pizza restaurants, Joy for FL.com is the way to go. Check her out. Uh, but mm. that's all I've got this week. It's been a pleasure, fellas. I think I behaved myself really well, fellas. You, you were. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll talk to you guys next week. I appreciate it. I love it, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. All right. And uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take that commercial break right now, 914-338-1885. Malcolm, you're up on the other side, and anybody else that calls in as well. In the room, VOC Nation Wrestling Network. You're right back. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it will take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. 
Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Bill Asher, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a Did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.
ladies and gentlemen, in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, VOCNation.com. Let's see if it's still down. It was down the last time I checked. I think I messed it up. I was working on the website, and I think I somehow messed it up. But if you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Radio, you can check out the live stream, but... That doesn't really matter because you can't hear me to say it unless you know go to that site anyway. So I guess that was kind of dumb in retrospect, but it's okay. Uh, 914-338-1885, and we are live each and every Tuesday night, 9 Eastern, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. I'm Brady Hicks, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. With me, as always, we have Papa Stro, Maestro Stro. Before we jump back into it, man, what do you got going on? Ah, this Thursday night, uh, WWE Retro at 19 Eastern Standard Time on VOCNation.com. Uh, we return WWE Retro, and our big topic for Thursday night will be the history of champion versus champion matches. Uh, oh, we to the, the big WrestleMania champion versus champion match with uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So if you got any cool uh, champion versus champion memories you want to share, call in. It'll be a good time. And then Friday night at midnight Eastern Standard Time uh, with my hard sci-fi show, The Stro Zone, at my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Maestro. And Friday night's feature will be Earth versus the Spider. I dated a spider in, in college. It was it was tough. It was problematic. Sticky situation there. I, uh... <laughs> a lot of legs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a lot of mobility, believe it or not. Uh, 914-338-1885. Um, <laughs> champion versus champion matches. I, I got two that come to mind right away for me. Um, cool. One of them, one of my favorites of all time. I believe it was, um, I, t- I say it's my favorite, and I don't, it, it was Lawler and I, Hennig, I believe. It was, uh, no, yeah. Lawler, was it, wasn't it Lawler and Hennig, or was it Lawler and Von Erich? I think they each did one. I think so, too. Yeah. USWA yeah. and, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, those were great. Uh, you know, those, yeah. those uh, title for title. Um, also, the one that WWE did back in um, 2001 at the end of the invasion when they unified the WCW and the WWF belts at the time and Jericho yeah. became the undisputed champion. They did, like, a mini tournament. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I really like Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Rock and Stone Cold. Yes. That night. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it was um, no, it was um. Well, yeah. I think I think it was like um. Angle beat. I think Angle beat Rock. No, Jericho beat Rock. Mm-hmm. And then Stone Cold beat Angle. No, I'm sorry. Stone Cold beat Angle in the first match. Then Jericho beat Rock, and as soon as Jericho won, the glass hit, you know, the the, the shattering glass. And, uh, yeah. you know, you see Jericho's face, the stone cold comes out all fresh, and he just starts out on fire, whooping on him, and oh, oh, hell yeah. It was incredible. It was, it was, it was, it was great. I, I, I'm actually really excited to see Austin in the ring again. I know it's probably, I shouldn't have very high expectations for it, Um but you know what? I was a stunning Steve fan, so any chance to get in in the ring one more time, um, I'm all for it. I, I am. So, yeah. One yeah, of my I favorites. Can't wait. I know a lot of people say he's one of their favorites, but he was one of my favorites. And 
like I said, I, I liked him from the days of, like, God, feuding with, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the United States title. You know? Like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was uh, the Hollywood Blondes, all that stuff. Uh, oh, man. The TV title. Uh, just so yeah. many great memories. So many great memories. Yeah. And, and what about the ECW promo he cut? Oh, he yeah. Yeah. But wow. when he was the Hulkster? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was better in ECW, Steve Austin or Brian Pillman? Oh, God. That, that's, that's a hard one. Both those think, guys made a big impact. I think Austin had better matches because Pillman was hurt at the time, but some of Pillman's promos, like where he's going to oh, piss yeah. on the crowd or he's in the tub naked, <laughs> like it was like, yeah. Remember when he fought the pistol? Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. <laughs> For my money, um, ECW, it's two greatest promos. Uh, one was Pillman uh, with the pencil, and the other one was Foley, the he's hardcore one, where he's like, oh, yeah, I got this pen. pen. I'm going to stick it behind my ear, but, oh, I can't because I'm hardcore. Uh, it was incredible. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love Mick Foley. I it was just a special uh, time. You know what I should do? I should go back on WWE Network and just start from the beginning of ECW. Uh, because it basically starts from, like, the ashes of the TWA, and I knew, like, three-quarters of that roster. And what it turned into was probably one of the most amazing promotions that I think did so much with so little that, like, right. it, it, if you look at the talent that they were putting out there, uh, not to knock the guys, but what they were competing against, it's amazing that they did as well as they did for as long as they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they weren't even around that long, like 92 to like 99, right? Or 90, 92 to 01, so nine years. Like, nine years. By comparison, yeah. TNA has been around for 20 years, Impact. Mm-hmm. And if we listened to Ray, it would have been dead 15 years ago, but he wasn't right. I was. <laughs> Ah, so, uh, yeah, so 914-338-1885. I see we got a couple callers in the line. Uh, first up is Malcolm, um, but I promise I'm going to get to you guys. We're going to give everybody a little bit of time tonight. What's going on, brother? Hey, Brady, Brady rock, peep, rock beats paper, paper beats scissors, and the greatest title versus title match, WrestleMania six, the Sky Dome in Toronto, the Intercontinental Champion, Ultimate Warrior yes. against Hulk Hogan, the WWF Champion, the Changing of the Guard, and later on Sting I remember. beat Rick Flair. It's a great American yeah. bash. No, you're the right. Runners. You're right. And I'm going to bring on. I'm going to bring on Derek too. I forgot about that because I was really excited, Derek, because I thought that Hulk Hogan was going to win the Intercontinental Belt, and I thought I want to see him having all these workhorse matches. It's going to be amazing. Didn't um, happen. First of all, hello. Hello, long time. No How are you doing, sir? Oh, All right. All right. All right. I'm, hey, I'm doing great. Um, I remember hating Hulk Hogan as a kid, and I wanted Warrior to win because um, even back then, Hulk Hogan's character was terrible. He was always raking people in the eyes and breaking the backs and all that. He was staring at his buddy Macho's girl. So I remember rooting for Warrior back then. Lost in his eyes. 
I remember rooting for Zeus. I remember rooting for Zeus against Hulk Hogan. I do remember that. Yeah, Zeus, that yeah. guy was amazing. Is he gangster? He hit. He just hit the back of the head with a chair, and he just turns around and looks at you. I'm pretty sure what he did was what the Undertaker studied when he came in. Yeah, Brady. There's what was his name, was his name again in the Friday movie? What was his name again? Oh, movie? Friday. He was um. Yeah. 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 Brady. I really need to talk about something if it's all right. Um, I had to make a decision Saturday. As much uh-huh. as I wanted to meet Juan Stroman, there was this actual event here on Saturday the 5th. You know, I, I had the money to meet Braun Strowman, and I met Jake Logan, Tino Marino, and a guy named Leo, another wrestler, at Hogan's Beach Shop on uh, Thursday, and they invited me to this event. But I had a short time, and Leo? I had a fever. Was his name Leo Rush? Yeah, but, uh, no, it wasn't okay. that. He kind of looked like the okay. road dog with the glasses, you know. But yeah, okay. I, I don't remember his last name, and... You know, I'm sure you'll forgive me for that, but they really enjoyed meeting me. And I met another guy on Thursday, a little a little person named Little Boogie Man, and his wife and his kids. <laughs> that's a Leah Black, man. Yeah, Leah Black, Little Boogie Man, big world of me, man. And it, it was fun. I mean, Anne, Anna and Maria, they, they were in charge of the shop. And, oh, uh, Brady, I walked into Hogan's Beach Shop, and I just went bananas. I... I saw Hulkamania merchandise all over the place. I spent like $800. Ka-ching, ka-ching. You know, and I just couldn't stop myself. You know, I bought a pair of Hulk Hogan's yellow boots that he, he faced Andre, faced King Kong Bundy. And there's a belt, $650 signed by Hulk Hogan. It's got the um, tie-dye, red and yellow, and it's got the actual faceplate when he beat King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania two which to me is still my favorite WrestleMania match because it was in a steel cage. You know, forgive me, Derek. I just I just love old-school wrestling. And, you know, mm-hmm. Papa Stroh said, Haku, the King Tonga <laughs> of the Islanders, he's selling cars here, and I want to meet Haku because I got a car mm-hmm. on the Dave Kerr's property. Maybe he could buy it from me, that, that racing yeah. car. And, you know, Derek, I've got to go out to um, – to uh, the Bay Area to tribute mm-hmm. Kirk White. And okay. I want to go back in my stadium. I know the Oakland A's are going to play there, but just being back in that stadium where the real Oakland Raiders used to play, the, in the 70s, they had nothing but winning seasons. They missed the playoffs in 71, 78, 79, 71, 84, and 2. And they missed uh, Kansas City got a field goal in the very last play, and they lost the AFC West. Yeah, you know. And then I hate to say they're not making the playoffs anytime soon. Oh, um, you know what? They, you know what? The difference is, Derek. They were celebrating. They made the playoffs back in the seventies. They were worried about mm-hmm. how far they were going to go in the playoffs. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they yeah they nailed that John Gruden hire, huh? Yeah, I gotta tell you that. You should get a job for the commanders. And they're the ones hiding everything. <laughs> well, I really, I really <laughs> want to They were doing. Brady, I really wanted to go to this thing, but I made a decision. I don't I, with the COVID, with the COVID <laughs> going on, 
I wasn't going to take a chance. I didn't want to get any wrestling fans sick, sick but I didn't want to get Adam, Braun Strowman, Sheer sick because I loved it. I want to meet this guy when I'm healthy, and I know I'm going to meet him because I waited forever to meet Hulk Hogan, you know, and mm-hmm. I met the ultimate warrior, and I'm not giving up. You know, I've got a lady in Pocatello, Idaho, and her and her daughter, Nicole, want me to meet John Cena, and I'm going to do this. I, whatever i got to do, I'm going to acting school, and I'm not stopping. I, I'm going to make you guys proud of me. I really am. You know, yeah, and I'm going to ask Hulk Hogan, because he, he's done it, and Sting's done it, you know, Derek, I'm going to ask the Hulkster if he'll take me skydiving because that's the only thing in the Army I never got to do that I want to do. Just one time and I'll put it away. You know? But if I'm going to see him, that's what I always I'm say. going to for a tribute to Kirk White, the promoter. Brett, he was actually Brett the Hitman Hart's manager. I didn't even know that. Jim Davis, he was a WCW announcer. He said that. I, he told me that. And I want to go out this. I want to wear a good suit. I want to do a, 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 a something special for Kirk White because Kirk. One time, Kirk, after my dad died, we were at this event at uh, the Fremont High School, and Tito Santana and Katie Lee Burchill and Lisa Marie Veron, Victoria Tara were all there, and Hornswoggle. And I actually passed out doing the whole coping voice oh, no. with Tito Santana and exhaustion. Oh no! You know, and oh, my goodness. I, I want to do a tribute. Because, guys, he, he bought me dinner when I used to go out with mm. wrestlers like Eli Drake and, and yeah. all these great wrestlers, Brian Bryan, oh, Coleman no. Jr. Tito Santana you know, bought you dinner? No, Ooh, no, yeah. Tito, uh, I was doing uh, the Hulk Hogan I was see where did he take you? questions ever he asked Tito Santana um, what it was like growing up in Mexico and Tito said well I'm, I'm American just like you brother hey Papa Joe Brady Derek I love Tito Santana and Ricky Steamboat they're two of my favorites and the Stinger I love what Kevin Brady said about Sting. I don't care what. I was watching Battle Bowl 1991 because I was sick in bed Sunday, and I was loving it again, watching the Stinger, you know, outlast everybody's in ring two, and then he takes on Luger, and Harley Race interferes, and Sting just gets a number one shot in Super Bowl two. He gets the title back about a year and a half after. It is amazing. It is amazing that a buckle bomb did him in, but now all these years later he can dive through three tables. That's he know, Sting is tough. He, he's recovering. Sting is tough. I mean, yeah, he, he told is. me that I reminded him of Will Ferrell. He recovered from his little stinger. Sorry. Oh, no. I love Sting. I And Luger. Sorry. I remember when Sting and Luger came to Sting. Sting and DC Cab. Yeah. Y'all know the movie DC Cab, right? Where the young cab driver goes to one of the cab drivers. And the cat driver said, what's it like being from Jamaica? And the guy said, I don't know, man. I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I'm, I'm uh, with this lady, and her name is yeah. um, 
Her name is um um uh, Lady uh, X. Let me think. No, Lady no, X. Her name is um <laughs> Spider uh, Lady. It's Mar- Spider Lady. Marjorie. No, her name is Marjorie. Marjorie. She's from, that was my next she's from Jamaica. She's from Jamaica, and she's taking me to church with her. We're going to see a guest singer, and I'm really going to enjoy this. I mean, I've been churching a while, and I'm going to enjoy. You know, she's Jane, from Jamaica. And I, I think I'm living on the Dr. John compound. <laughs> no, I think you were living with I, Dr. John's friends. Her, her favorite singer is Bob Marley. She said, she said, hey. don't laugh. And I said, okay. Well, mine's Paul McCartney. Mine's Paul McCartney. I mean, Derek, yeah. I like I Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. I'm Korean 84, yeah, you know? Yeah, who doesn't, who doesn't love Bob Marley? No woman, no crime. Yeah, you know. I had a friend. It was Wilder <laughs> and the 4-H club. Right. It was Hampshire, Holman, Catherine, and um, and Haynes. Haynes was from Jamaica, and we used to hang out together in my room and watch NFL highlights, you know, and and uh, NFL films highlights. <laughs> and, and, you know, we just, Did you eat some music chicken? No, we ate really good. Breaking me into the Katusa snack bar. Yaki Nandu with chicken. So, yeah. Yeah. And well, they served us ramen. You know, my, my roommate in college, he, he was from the Virgin Islands, and he used to sit in his underwear and listen to Bob Marley. And he was in his mouth. It was embarrassing. Can I please? Can I tell you about your guest? Uh, can I take, say something about your guest? I would really oh, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. Only because yes, he was a Derek, wrestler. Derek, we had, we had Drake Wirtz on today, the uh, the referee, that the WWE, the NXT oh, referee, um, that uh, that guy, the, but the, the, the hardcore there, wrestler. There, there, yeah, there, I just want to meet him. I just want to meet him as a wrestling fan. I want to tell all the wrestlers, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a U.S. Army soldier. I have no experience of wrestling, but I respect you guys. You guys replaced Batman, That's what Superman, Captain America. Well, they're heroes no, no. to me, and, you know? and yeah. it's never going to change. I'm always going to have respect. I got a phone call from King Kong Bundy. I got a phone call from Randy Savage before he, three months before he died. It's a real tribute. Some of the wrestlers I met, Hackside, Jim Duggan, uh, Bobby Lashley, Matt Hardy. I haven't met Jeff yet, but I'm really happy with the people I've met. Terry Funk, you know, Steve Austin. I told Steve, you know, Brady, I told Steve my favorite character for me was stunning Steve Austin, too, because he was in the Battle Bull. He was yeah. in the War Games, Sting's Army against the Daniels Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first I, I wanted to match I ever saw was Bobby Eaton versus uh, Steve Austin for the TV title. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Bobby was from the Midnight Express and Steve. You know, yep. Steve was, yep. you know, he was an upcomer. You know, he, he wasn't, a, you know, I went to the Oakland Coliseum Arena in July of 91 just for the Great American Bash, and there was a, mm-hmm. a match between Steve Austin and heavy metal Van Hammer, and Mike never yeah, yelled yeah. anything at a match. He never yells anything yeah, at a match. Yeah, he yelled, yeah. Yeah. He, he yelled wow. yeah, he was he never R&B Van Hammer. Yeah, but yeah, Brady, Mike out. yells. But he yells, uh, I'm serious, he yells, Brady, he yells, Lady Blossom, show us your T-I-T-S. Oh, man. I, you know, 
Coliseum just like with this oh. Steve Austin was Yeah, you told me that. And, he, and, and the referee Mike apologized to him. Him. He feels... I know, yeah. but he was... Everybody was <laughs> it was Mike. But he was younger. He, he doesn't do that now. I know. Uh, but I, he was... You know what he was doing when I was doing that? I I brought face paint oh, and I was yeah. painting up the little kids to look like Sting, you know. And we were all howling for him. And Mike yells that out, and there were there were guys like, "Right on, dude!" <laughs> I, I felt good for Mike. I never knew he could yell like that, you know. I can't but, even hear what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't imagine what even Michael like his kids love. I oh man! Oh. <laughs> Hey Brady, that'd be a hell of an Easter picture. Can I tell you about the time that I was I was a little boy in Vallejo on Princeton, and I was watching Batman, you know, Adam West and Burt Ward TV show, and I actually Mm -hmm. believe they walked up the side of the side of the walls, and I went to my closet and I got a wire hanger and I bent it, and then I went out to my dad's garage and got a long piece of yellow rope and I flung it over my head and I stuck it up, and my dad's out back mowing the lawn, and he says, "What are you doing?" And the hanger went down in the chimney. He says, get that out of there right now. And I pulled on it, and it wouldn't give. So I put my feet against the chimney. I started walking up the chimney like Batman. About two feet oh my God. And my weight just gave way. You're crazy. You know, and I fell on my butt, you know. and But, I mean, there's a, a neighbor. He's a Filipino, Lou Agar, and he's looking over. He's dad's best friend. He says, he goes, he goes Gil, does he actually believe Batman and Robin walk up the side of the wall? <laughs> I was only six or seven. You know, so uh, it, it was fun uh, for me. You know? when, I, when I was a little kid, Malcolm, I used to take two flags, and I would jump off my bed and try and flap them to fly. Thank God I stopped at beds. I didn't, like, thank God I didn't like try and jump off like this roof or anything like that. It would have been insane. I just, you know, Never I got just want to continue to be my – Brady, I just want to continue to be myself, and I'm not impressed about anything well, else. I just – I'm I'm living here in Orlando. Forgive me, Derek. I know Can you I don't get like him, but don't I'm here with much. my whole Huh? <laughs> that don't impress so you me got much. The moves, but do you got the touch? Hey. Well, I told I told the people in Las Vegas to buy one. Don't get me wrong. I think you're all right. <laughs> no. Hey, Brady, <laughs> you know, you know, I told the people in Las Vegas <laughs> that I, I told George Barrett this. I wish I'd had the 66 Batmobile because I'd tell anybody I'd kiss that car goodnight every night. I love that car. I had five or Would six you wash it first? I would wax it every night. I mean, I'd be like, I'm a You would wax the car and then you would go in and wax it? Brady. No, I'd wax Double wax. Double wax. Wax on, wax off. Double wax candle. Double wax candle. Oh, yeah. You're a wax to do, Malcolm. I love you. You're the best. You're the best. I'm just going to keep the fire burning for you guys, man, in in Newark on the 26th of March. Fire still burns. I'm I'm throwing down to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Fire still burns. Malcolm, thank you. I'll be in my house. I love you. I sleep at home. But the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum is my house where my Raiders play, but not Las Vegas. That's my right. Raiders. We're going to go there yeah. sometime and just hang out at the empty stadium. Yeah. I'd love that, man. <laughs> go to an Oakland A's game because Raiders Let's don't play do there anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have a Raiders hat from when and I was in Vegas. Derek, Derek I love the Yankees. Oh, so I want to go up north and go to I'm, the Yankees game. Like more I'm, games than I want to see I, I hate oh, the Yankees, Malcolm. I'm a Mets fan. So oh, that's okay. I hate I'm the Yankees, sorry. So. <laughs> I like, like, you like the yeah. Mets then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm a Mets that's fan, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I was happy when they won in 86. That ball went through uh, 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 legs. I was. And Ray Knight when. When that ball went through his legs, I was exactly six months old, I believe. <laughs> hey, Derek, um, I met Kevin Mitchell at Frankincense, the Batman. Boy, he mm-hmm. loved me, and he played with the Giants, but I talked about the Mets, too. You know, with Kevin yeah, Mitchell. You know, they, they, uh, they break my heart. Sports sucks in the yeah. right now. It's okay. We have the Rangers. I just, I just right. want to. So it, it Derek, I just want to be me and, and be myself. <laughs> All right, Malcolm. I love you, brother. Hey, Malcolm, how far are you from Orlando? I'm going to be in Orlando in two weeks. I'm I'm living here. I'm a lady's going to rent me a room. I you in South Carolina. No, I'm in South Carolina. Will you be there in two uh, weeks? Mm-hmm. I'll be here. I'm yeah. in here permanently. Mm. Well, I've heard yeah. that before. Mm. You want to look up? First it was Calvary, first it was Oakland, then it was Los Angeles, then it was Oakland, <laughs> then it was Las Vegas, then it was Idaho, <laughs> then it was South Carolina, <laughs> now it's Orlando, and you're going to be all these you places forgot. permanently. You forgot Brady. I drove my Oakland Raider car for Kansas City. <laughs> Brady, Papa was, a, Papa was a rolling stone. Brady, I did forget okay? that. Malcolm, Malcolm, <laughs> we gotta we gotta catch up. If I'm, I, I'll be down there in two weeks for work. Oh, I want a picture with you, Brady, when we hook up. Yeah, but Papa's definitely. Haku wears works at a car company. Stro actually met you before, Stro. And I know Bruce met you too, Stro. Do I need to have a police escort when I meet Malcolm, or am I okay? <laughs> oh no, yeah, you should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the rules. It's like it's like a like a young single lady. Like I know I want to meet him somewhere public. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot we're of traffic. Colors, yeah, uh, yeah. We're bright colors. Uh, maybe bright colors, like, yes. Yeah, I'm only playing Malcolm. Yeah, we should definitely. I'll, I'll be down there. I'll be at um. Yeah, I'll be in Orlando. So. Oh man, I can't wait to see you, Brady. Um, you got my Sweet phone brother. number. Call me. I'll meet you. Yeah. Hey, I'm we can meet a whole Kogan's yeah, Beach shop. We can meet a whole Kogan's Beach shop, man, and take pictures. He's got, he's got an actual NWO. Yeah, he's got the NWO Harley Davidson in the back corner, the back left-hand corner of the store, and he's got Ric Flair's He's going to see the Northern Grain. He'd love that. What? Randy what? would love that. He's a souvenir for Granny, NWO. He loves that. She loves NWO. Yeah. Yeah. No, All right, Brady brother. Did. Well, I'll talk to you next, next week. Month, we'll firm up our plan. You got it, boss. <laughs> right. Take care, brother. Oh, boy. Okay. As soon wow. as I said that, I was like, should I have said that? <laughs> that, was, that was exhausting. It's been a while since I sat through um, a mountain phone call. Yeah, and you were on for the duration that time. And I didn't even get to impression. Ooh. I usually ask him wow. for at least three impressions. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't. He's my he's my all purpose back. I can hand him the ball, and I know that I'm good until the end of the show if I want. There you go. Step back. Yeah. There you go. Ah, uh, 
so I, I, I had to ask you guys. Uh, we had a, I mean, we, we just touched on it earlier in the show. But this mm-hmm. whole Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good thing because it's a wrestling company that was going to go out of business otherwise, and I think he'll he'll treat it like something if for no other reason than he doesn't want to be like Vince, who just like buys mm-hmm. things and lets them die. So like, mm-hmm. I I don't know if I'm being unrealistic, Derek, but I'm almost expecting it to become like their NXT. It has to, and it's weird now. They said what between thirty and forty million for ROH, which is crazy mm-hmm. to me because Vince bought WCW for what four or five million. Two to three, right? Yeah, four yeah, or five. And if you think, like and if, yeah, and if you think about it, he probably made that money back in what six months? Because if you think about it, all the NWO merchandise, he got, I'm pretty yeah. sure Booker T by himself generated that much money when he became a, a WWE wrestler. Yeah. So it exactly. seems like he got that money back exactly. fairly soon, but. To spend that much for ROH, that's that's all. Even with the CM Punk and the Brian Danielson, and I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe's going to be there. I'm pretty sure that's that's a Probably. lot of money to have an NXT. I wonder if he had an and, idea because like mm-hmm. they started naming like a lot of AEW people for like their whole thing, didn't they? Like a yeah. little while yeah, ago. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So like, yeah, I was thinking like I wonder if there's something going on here where the two companies are working together and it's going to get them out of debt. But, like, now it all kind of comes together a little bit because, first of all, I think this is this is probably Brian Danielson's best way to start fighting the Japanese talent like he wants to in those long matches that they won't want to put on a two-hour AEW show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it's the best chance for CM Punk to kind of make a return to Ring of Honor, which I, I know, like, for him it was kind of like a full-circle thing wanting to do that. Like you said, Samoa Joe. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I could see William Regal even having a last match in, in Ring of Honor. I just think uh, I, 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 I'm excited by the idea, which is crazy because I usually hate AEW's booking. Uh, but I just mm-hmm. feel like if they're leaving the Ring of Honor people to do their thing or even just helping them, like this could this could potentially be my new favorite company if they do it right. I know I, I saw an I mean, first of all I saw an interview where CM Punk cried because Tony Khan bought it. He was so happy that Tony Khan bought it and not Vince McMahon. Which is funny because yeah. every time Punk has a mic every time Punk has a microphone in his hand he's uh talking about Vince and company. But yeah, I, I yeah. saw that Khan said he's gonna Tony be knows how to talk about. Yeah. Khan said he's gonna be the booker of WWE of AEW and ROH, and for a guy who's fairly new to the business, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a lot to take on. And I wonder if he's going to book both shows because he didn't like the way AEW was booked when the Bucks and Cody and Omega were booking it. And you know, as my grandpa would say, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's going to be hard yeah. for him to book two companies at the same time. That's with all that talent, uh-huh. unless he just does massive cuts to ROH and takes people from AEW and move them over there. Yeah, maybe maybe he should hire um maybe he should hire Jim Cornette to run Ring of Honor. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, that would be a full circle thing right there. Uh, it would be great, but again, you know, they don't want to overshadow what they're doing. That's and that's the issue. There's an ego there. 
You know? Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, that's a lot of talent. I think, oh, my God, it's going to be incredible. I, I like, I don't know. It's going to make the ring of – it's going to make, like, the impacting that they did last year look like child's play if they do it right. And and I saw where some people are saying that Cody can come back and Cody could run ROH and they do like an invasion thing. But I yeah. I still think Cody's going to uh, to the WWE. I just think you know I you do really a lot going on. I do, and I I, think I, I still Cody, think he's going back to AEW. I I still don't buy it. You know, I think he's going to WWE. I think he's playing the the dirt sheet writers as they as they say, because you know he learned mm-hmm. how to do that while he was while he was at AEW. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, I think he's um, he feeds him stuff. Yeah, so I because yeah. the, the, they said the the plan was him and Seth Rollins at Mania. Well, Seth Rollins still doesn't yeah. have a, a opponent, right? He doesn't have an opponent yet, right? He, they didn't announce anything. Right, right. Yeah, for Seth Rollins. Yeah. So I, I, he fits in there. I mean, if he goes back to AEW, what is he going to do? Where does he fit in? When, when, even more signings now. Is he going to join a, a gang? He's going to be the surprise uh, challenger for Sammy Guevara on a random Wednesday. <laughs> I just because uh, right now he's Arnie my... Anderson without without a, a gang member. Like they they need somebody. Dustin and Arn Anderson are standing there by themselves. You need three guys, otherwise you can't compete in AEW. You know it's funny with that <laughs> when 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 Regal <laughs> came out and he 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 made Moxley and Danny right. to shake hands. With, <laughs> I thought the first thing I thought of was you. I was like, oh, Brady's right. They're in a gang now. <laughs> There's a new gang in town. <laughs> gang back together. It's a gang back together. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot. Let's. They, let's got a lot let's go there. to uh, let's go to Will uh, not Will's Let's go to um, Orlando. Uh, we have Dustin. Dustin, Malcolm, and I are going to get together in Orlando in two weeks. You want to join us? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. I'm kind of hurt. Sorry, Brady. That would be too So, Brady, you see my message on Instagram? What's up, Brady? Did you see my Did you see my messages on Instagram about how upset I'm about no, this stuff? No, I didn't. no, I didn't. Sorry, I, I haven't been looking at Instagram much. I just oh, was complaining and then like, logging off before I looked. You didn't see that message what I said about WrestleMania stuff? How mad about I was? No, no, you put it on Instagram. I didn't see it. I I didn't look. I haven't looked this week, really. Why? Why are you mad? Why are you so mad? Yeah. I don't want to see a, see one title after Mania. It's stupid. And I don't think it's going to be one title. I think Roman's going to absorb the two titles, and then I think they're going to kind of do what they did with Triple H, where they'll have another belt on Raw, and it won't be a universal title. It be, it'll be something else. How great would it be if Roman actually absorbed the title, like, into himself, you know, and it's just, like, he <laughs> became the title. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, okay, or here's uh, another idea. Here's another. Let me just give you one more. I have a serious idea, and then I'll pass it along to you. What if they have Roman Reigns win the belt from Brock Lesnar, and he's got the two belts, and they they kind of they make it one belt, right? But then he gets like the lay cool thing where they like cut the belt in half, and he gives half of it to Brock to take back to Raw. 
That's Bobby Heenan would say. Honestly, honestly, Brady, you know, honestly, you know, I wasn't expecting R.K. Brody to win back last night. But I wasn't okay. expecting. I wasn't expecting him to win a title back last night. I, I was shocked. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that, that's good, right? They're keeping you on their toes with their um, unpredictable mm-hmm. booking. Yeah, and uh, I think basically that's his best when he got to lose the title. There'll be, there'll be a lot of title changes at Mania. They should. They should unify the women's and the men's tag team titles at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh. I, Honestly, Brady, the only team I want to win that women's tag team title match is Ray Ripley and Liv Morgan. You know you're not a fan of Naomi and Sasha? Nope. Yeah. Why is that? It's not. <laughs> I, I just don't think it's going to work out because I'm being a tag team. Rhea and Liv have been a tag team for exactly 24 hours. I do I like Liv. Liv but... Who are the tag team champions? I don't even remember. Oh, the oh, Uh, I want the hundred pound girls to win. Carmella and Selena Vega. They were a hundred pounds between them. That is. Oh no, it was um average, average. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not total. (laughs) Not like they're fifty pounds each. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Birdie, one of the hearts. One of them is 140 Birdie. pounds, and one of them is 70 pounds. <laughs> um, Brady, I heard something. Brady, I heard no. something about Oscar about WWE true. having. No, I heard something about Oscar not having nothing for well, WWE having nothing for Oscar to do or something because he's cleared to come. Well, out. I know. I was going to tell you that the WWE writers are clearly not ready for Oscar. I was hoping you didn't say that, and, and you there you go. You did. I was hoping that. <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me you didn't just say that. Yeah. Oh, uh, brother. Oh man. They're not ready for Alexa well, either. They brought her back, and they haven't used her since. Mm-hmm. Oh, and no. they cured her of being a zombie, and then brought her out as a zombie. So I don't know. Man, uh, Birdie, that that MJF and CM Punk match, man, that was awesome, live in person. Did you cry? No. Okay. Some people were crying on the internet. I so cried today. Sure it was... Over that, I I'm cried glad today, Punk... Dustin. I'm glad Punk won that match against the MJF. Yeah. Yeah. That mm. didn't come up seeing Punk. He needed that big win. Yeah. I I liked him coming out in his old <laughs> yeah, Ring yeah. of Honor music, though. That was pretty cool. And I don't know if you yeah, saw uh, that they've been using elements of, like, a Ring of Honor, like, promo that CM Punk did for the storyline, mm-hmm. talking about, like, he's the devil and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, nobody yeah, got Brady, it because nobody really remembers that, but... I was about to say, they had to remind me of it. Um, Brady, uh, <laughs> yeah, and CM Punk had to tell everyone that that's what he did. Sorry, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Um, Brady, the, the AEW Fan Fest was fun uh, uh, this weekend, so I enjoyed that. Our fourth pay review, that mm. was fun. Cool. Cool. So I got to, yeah, I got to meet several fest? people. Yes, I am, Who matter of fact, I am. Sammy Javara, Tate Conti, uh, Stane, Darby Allen. Or oh, Baby Sting, as Brady I... calls him. Baby, no, Little Sting. 
Little Sting, sorry, Little Sting. <laughs> little Stinger. Little Stinger. Little Stinger. I also got the name for for all of them. Dustin, give me a give me a wrestler, and I'll tell you the name I've got. I've got names for everybody there. Uh, well, Marty, uh, like Christian. I call Christian the old dinosaur. Oh, ha, ha, ha. oh! I heard something, Brady. I heard something that Orange Cassidy injured his shoulder really bad at at the pay review. Okay. Like he, like he did a move or something. Orange Crush then. Well, here's oh. the thing, Brady. Here's the thing. He injured his shoulder <laughs> in that ladder match. How did he do that? It didn't look good. It didn't look good, Brady, at all. I okay. I believe you. I believe you. Um, I, I think Wardlow is going to be I think Wardlow is going to shin kicking people. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I think Wardlow is going to beat Sammy Javar for the title. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Well, because he won that ladder mm-hmm. match, and the winner, the winner of that match, the ladder match was going to face Darby on for the title, and, and I think Wardle's going to win the title. <laughs> you remember, my, Derek? You remember my name for uh, Sammy Guevara? <laughs> oh, he was um, the letter talented uh, Andrew Garza. <laughs> exactly. He was a monster, uh, the less talented Andrew Garza. Uh, wow. Yeah. Some Brady people don't kill me. Brady fans are not I, here. I have a good one for me for uh, for um, Tay Conti too. Oh no! A more talented Mandy Rose. <laughs> oh, not Brady. This guy. That's about nice. Or Brazilian Mandy Rose. <laughs> the Brazilian Mandy Rose. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. You gonna stop me? I'm gonna get sued. Uh, oh, Dustin's gone. That one got him. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah, when no. I have Dustin on, it's like it's like the Gong Show. It's like, what can I say to get him to hang up? <laughs> like here, here we go. <laughs> By the way, did you guys hear the story from this past? The Undertaker, he did the big event in New York. I think it was this weekend, this past weekend. It's like a big convention, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah. um. Mario, I want to get the name right. Mario, that's right, it is Mario Mancini. He was the preliminary wrestler that The Undertaker fought for the first time in his first WWF match. So this was the beginning of The Undertaker's winning legacy. He fought Mario Mancini, right? So Mario Mancini was at the big event signing autographs. Like, they brought him in as a talent to sign. And, um, show you're laughing. Did you hear this? It's pretty funny. I He tried to get back. He tried to get in the back to talk to the Undertaker to just like congratulate him and you know tell him that like you know, like you had your first match against me, and the security wouldn't let him back there. Oh no! They told oh. him he had to buy a two hundred dollar ticket if he wanted to talk to no. the Undertaker. Uh, and he's too busy. Uh, uh, yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> you, you got you got to like yell in the scene at that point. Like, do you know who I am? Like, you got to make a smile. <laughs> do you yeah, know who I am? Put a razor Ramon on him. Yeah. Hey Chico, you know who I am? This whole thing started with me. <laughs> I started the whole thing. That's terrible. 
Oh, boy. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Going in order here. Steve, you're up was, next, but I, I got to go to Rat Boy. Real quick, I was looking Rat Boy at, making uh, a rear. Sorry. Hold on, Rat Boy. I'm meeting <laughs> you again. Hold on. Go ahead. I, was, I, I, I saw that Braun Breaker was on Raw last night, and I jokingly yeah. said to my son, I was like, well, you can kiss him goodbye in NXT once Vince gets a look at him. And lo and behold, I'm looking at the NXT results, and Dolph Ziggler beat him and Tommaso Ciampa for the title. So I think it's safe to say he might be on his way to Raw SmackDown. Really Wait, soon. Dolph Ziggler won the NXT belt? Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought they were saving that for that WrestleMania weekend show. That's what I thought. That is crazy. Unless they're going to have him beat you know what? at the Mania thing. But... Maybe. I got a prediction, though. If they're bringing him up, I think they're going to bring back the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and he's going to be dominant in it. Yeah. People call me crazy, um, but I think he might <laughs> – he might be the olive branch that gets the Steiners in the Hall of Fame. I know that probably seems you didn't crazy hear? given everything. No. You didn't mean. hear that they're, they're, they're going in. The Steiner brothers. I'm, let me see. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. Is it? Holy shit. Uh, well, if that's the case. Oh, the I'm case, sorry. No, it's, ex- it's expected to be. Oh, okay. So far, The Undertaker and Vader have been confirmed, and the Steiners are expected. So you're right. Yeah, he's the bridge. And I saw that Sid might be going in, too. You, but if, if you know what? If you're going to put the Steiners <laughs> in the Hall of Fame and you're going to call him up, you might yeah. well just call him a Steiner at this point. Yeah, you might as well. You he's might good. as well. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, forgot, he's I think um, he's been wrestling, what, a year? Like if you remember, if you remember, like, when Dusty went in and they did, like, because that was like Cody hadn't really been on television Except yeah. for, like, FCW, you know? And, like, that mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, when he inducted his dad, that was, like, his first time on the microphone. And, like, I guess a lot of the company, even though he was in the company, a lot of people hadn't actually seen him, like, talk. And they were really impressed with him. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Braun Breaker. Anybody that hasn't really had the opportunity, I think they're going to be really impressed with how well-spoken he is and, and how he's yeah, capable I, yeah. of kind of talking like that, you know? Yeah, I I watched the match and it took him what five minutes to get that crowd to get over with that crowd and then chanting his name and everything. So he yeah, has yeah. it. He has everything. Yeah. He yeah. So that's that's um. I thought that was confirmed. I I guess not. I guess it's just rumored. Um, that's but awesome. yeah, not And the Steiners is. I was saying the first three. I honestly even Sid like. But if you've got the Undertaker, you've got Vader. And you've got the Steiners. Like, if things were right in this world, any one mm-hmm. of those could be the headliner of their own class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. But it is what it is. So That's good. Uh, I'm happy. Let's go I, I to Radboy. Me too. Me too. That, oh, yeah, they're awesome. I, I always said if the Road Warriors were the best tag team of all time, I would put the Steiners mm-hmm. at 1A. That was always how I yes. had them. Yeah, you had yeah. them. <laughs> they were great everywhere. Um, everywhere you went, they were great. Yeah. Uh, making a, a rare appearance on the live stream tonight, we have Rat Boy. What's going on, sir? 
Oh man, I'm gonna tell you something. This is one of the happiest days of my damn life. Excuse my language. I finally kicked those two people out of my house, and I got the whole house to myself. Alright. <laughs> okay. What two people? And I'm so happy for it. I got rid of her I damn sister. Oh, that's right. Now, okay. I, had, I had my girlfriend's sister and her boyfriend living here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So now you're all by yourself. Well, all I the time. that she got a little move. She put her hand on me and pushed me off to my porch. And I went to yeah. get the cops okay. and the cops said, get the hell out. That's right. That's right. It's going, it's going right. to be one at 30, right before WrestleMania. And I've been here partying in my... My little butt off, watching WrestleMania with a six pack. He, he, he got rid of Jersey style. He called the cops on him. He called the police. That's right. <laughs> That's how we do. And, and, and um, like it's like the whole thing. It's like Eddie Murphy said in Train Places, get the F out. <laughs> get out. Okay, okay. Stro, do you, Stro, hold on, hold on, Rat Boy. I have something serious here. Stro, do you remember in the 80s, they actually had a third Steiner for a little bit? It was Rick, it was Scott, and it was Rat Steiner was the third one. Right. Yeah, I remember Rat Steiner. Yeah, Rat, Rat Steiner, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a rat tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Rat Boy. Okay, when you say champion versus champion, right? Okay. I, I got a good one for you. Laying on us. I don't know if you guys jump. said it yet. I got two of them, actually. How about CM Punk versus John Cena? Yeah, that was good. I didn't like the way it was executed, but yeah, yeah, it, it was good. Because if you remember, what happened was CM Punk walked out, and we were like, "Yeah, he's yep. going to take the title and go to Ring of Honor. He's going to go to New Japan. He's going to like." Yeah. And he ended up like putting it in his refrigerator for two weeks, and then like he came back. And in that time, they did a tournament to crown a champion. And on the night where not only not only did John Cena really not get the because pro- he beat Rey Mysterio, if you remember, Derek. Uh, but yes, what was Ray really funny about yeah. that? Ray mm-hmm. won the tournament, and John Cena came out and beat him the same night. So Rey Mysterio got double buried. Yeah, yeah Rey Mysterio yeah, yeah, yeah. got double buried because not only did John Cena ultimately lose the title to CM Punk. But Rey Mysterio won the tournament and still lost the belt the same night. Yep. Or then maybe it was the next week. I don't remember. But, yeah. It was, it was, that made me okay. right after he won. The other, yeah. the other match yeah. that I got, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how about the, the woman match? Becky mm-hmm. Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and, and, and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. That's still, I'm still it's mad triple. that that was a triple threat. Yeah. I had to put the queen in there, baby. I had to get the flair in there now. You, you know you know how it is. It's, it's all day <laughs> woman day today. And don't forget about the woman. International Women's Day, Rockway, yes. That's today. That's right. Yeah. And, well, and, and the woman that's that. born in the whole it, thing yeah. is, is Chanel. <laughs> I'm going to do Layla versus Mickey James is the best uh, unification match for the women. Oh, Piggy James. Remember the oh. Piggy James stuff? That, that was, was terrible. Yeah. That was horrible, yeah. So, yeah. 
the amount of time she's forgiven them is like it's amazing. Yeah. Like she's forgiven them more times than CM Punk has complained about them. He complains a lot. It's not going to let you come up here on the 26th. Oh. You, can have, you can stay right here in my house. Can you imagine him staying in your house? So I guess you're well, over the whole hey, now. Hey, for the weekend, yeah. <laughs> you can stay <laughs> over there at the ECW Arena on the 26th. Mm-hmm. Okay. And from there, he can go to North and see the matches, whatever he wants to do. See, I thought I thought you and Malcolm hated each other. Me too. No, I'm trying to be a, a, a nice rat here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but did, did if he he's come up to Jersey, you know. He called the FBI on you, didn't he? <laughs> oh, if you're from uh, Jersey, I should put FBI on. He's bothering me. Oh, you called the FBI but, on But him. I tell you what, though. So, oh, yeah, he's he in Jersey. I think, I think in <laughs> April, in April, I'll be making a trip down there with my cousin, Don Orlando, to clean out her storage bin. Yeah. Damn, only the window for that. Because she used to have a trip up down there. Huh? Is it like a big one, like in Dexter, or is it like a little tub? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's like a giant, like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going down there that one weekend in April for a couple of days. Oh, boy. All right, brother. Oh, boy. I only got a cousin down there, too. I know. Anyway, all, I, I've been trying and fighting this stuff for the last two weeks. And I finally won, and we're going to court because they violated the, uh, the papers, the straining order. They came around here mm-hmm. twice, and uh, the judge, t- I went to the judge yesterday and told him what happened. And they said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you already nicely won. You can do anything you want. I said, good, can I take the lock off the damn, off their uh, bedroom door? And he said, yeah. I took the lock right off that damn door yesterday, and I got half of all my... Man, they had all my stuff in there. Why did somebody tell my doors off the hinges? Their doors off. Yeah. I, so you, behave, you can't behave like an adult. You don't get a door. I broke that door oh. down. I broke it down. You should have went to Steve Harvey's court. Yeah. That's the best court. Yeah, that does look yeah, good. Yeah, you know, Much I'm better than Judge Judy. I'm living exactly. free. I might have new girlfriend might be moving in with me. I can't wait. Oh, you still got the ghost of the old one following you there, don't you? The ghost. Oh, Brady. Yeah, she's still here. Is she gonna be? She gonna be all right with that? I yeah, guess she wants you to be, be all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, just, just, just checking. You yeah, you've been tired for two weeks. I've been tired since I put you on the air. Uh, but either way, we're both tired. Drink a cold one, you, you get knocked out faster. Drink a cold one, you get knocked out faster. Cold? A cold one. Drink a cold one, <laughs> oh, and cold you get knocked one. out faster. 
you know, they even WWE try to get them to Rosa as a referee and some other wrestlers. It's it's interesting. Did he talk about refereeing versus wrestling? Um, not really. No, he just you know he turned to refereeing when uh when he was kind of uh done with wrestling. You know, he uh he was ready to kind of move on to the next phase and not not be involved in all the ultra hardcore stuff. So. That was pretty much... Yeah, I'm uh, sure it's more forgiving. Check it out. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Oh, it's definitely more forgiving, you know. Although he did say one of his favorite things in NXT was he was the referee that they would use if they needed to, like, have the referee bump a bunch of times because, like, he was totally comfortable bumping, you know, especially if it's not, like, a regular thing. So that was pretty cool. You know know what else was interesting? Derek, Derek, you'll appreciate this. He talked a lot about, like... The team building in NXT in 2016 and 2017, when they had that really mm-hmm. strong roster, where like yeah. everybody was saying that they didn't want to leave NXT and go to the main roster, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, you know, to actually hear somebody talk about that a little bit. That was like the Bailey yeah. right. and Balor Sammy clash, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was ba- uh, Bailey Finn Balor uh, the um. It was the I revival saw, was there. It was um I yeah, um I, I, the 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 um the street profits had just come in. It was um yeah. Nakamura, it was Robert Rude, it was um Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I saw him in, I, in Orlando. I went to a bunch of their shows, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, 16, yeah, I, 17. I remember yelling. 16? I actually remember yelling at 16 him. Sixteen was Sasha and remember, Bailey, wasn't it? Like, uh, I think that yes, was the year I that think. they came in, like, because they had that like they did the thing at SummerSlam, and then Sasha was pretty much main roster after that. Yeah, the the Bailey Sasha match from Takeover that weekend, which is probably the best Takeover. women's match I've ever seen. Yeah, that Takeover match. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, I actually remember seeing him work uh, NXT Orlando and yelling at him and Regal. I wonder what he thinks of Regal because now Regal's in AEW right now. Maybe Brady. Maybe he'll join Regal's gang in AEW. Brady. There you go. He might. He might. Uh-huh. Maybe he'll go in with uh, Nick Gage and uh, I don't know. There's got to be three of them or they can't do it. I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> it has to be a trio. Eddie Kingston, I guess. Can Eddie, Ki- Eddie Kingston is like the only guy that's allowed to be in multiple gangs at the same time, so. Yeah, he, he's friends with everybody and hates everybody else, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, he's in there with Santana and Ortiz or in there with Jericho. He's in there with, uh, with uh, not Dean, um, Dean Ambrose. Uh, I don't know. It's not. A whole bunch of them. It's a mess. I got nicknames for all um, of them, Steve. Every single one, I've got a nickname. I, yeah, I, I heard earlier. I'm not gonna ask, but um, <laughs> I, I did. Uh, Maybe I'll do one every week. I I'll did, do a new one every week. Be a feature. I actually asked. I actually asked Moxley about Regal years ago when he was still working as Dean Ambrose. That was pretty cool asking him about FCW. And then um, Mancini, mm-hmm. I actually could. Mancini actually co-interviewed them a while back when NAWA was rebooting. But um, 
Mancini was Mancini was an interesting interview. Uh, that bird. Uh, yeah, he he he's an interesting fellow for sure. Yeah. The, did did Drake talk about? Um, did you ask him about the NXT rebranding? Because I'm sure he would have left way before that. But like, um, that's an interesting I didn't, thing. No, I didn't ask him about the rebranding. Is it? I have a question about that rebranding. If. <clears throat> If Braun Breaker becomes the star that everybody thinks he can be, it almost makes it worth it, right? If he becomes, like, a guy, like the next guy after Roman Reigns, it kind of makes that whole rebrand worth it. Because I don't know if he has a place in NXT the way it was, you know, a year ago today. Um, You know, they've they've managed to find... A few times in the rough. I mean, it's it's pretty much Breaker. Uh, what's the guy's name? Carmelo Hayes. They found a couple of diamonds in the rough. But if everybody was just going to leave NXT and go to AEW anyway, you, you you kind of had to do that, right? Not that they knew everybody was going to leave, but hindsight being twenty twenty. I mean, I look at it like, and I'm not saying Braun Breaker isn't an amazing talent because I think he's he's just like great. You know, and they did a really good job kind of pulling him out. Um, But he's kind of a no-frills guy. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't really have to do a lot of work to to cultivate him into what he became. He just, he's just naturally kind of good at it like his dad was, you know? Yeah, um, good, yeah. Like, yeah, so like, I don't know. Like, I think the old NXT could have worked as well. Had they followed a natural progression of actually moving people up to the main roster and then using them as well as they did in NXT, mm-hmm. I think the old NXT would have been fine. The problem was, like, they weren't treating those stars the same. So now that they're on the same coordinated effort where it's the same kind of people overseeing both the main roster and NXT, there's not going to be, like, crossed wires about, like, who we're going to get behind and who we don't care as much about. And I think that's – like, I, uh, if Ron Breaker were a star in the old NXT, I don't know that he gets called up to the main roster and is a success. Just yeah. because I don't think and that they were really – it wasn't formatted properly. Yeah. I, I saw Finn Balor. They asked him about it. And he goes, you know, for as much as everybody loved the old NXT, it kind of lost sight of what Vince wanted it to be. It kind of became its own thing. Because other than who's who's been the last great success story that's been called Damian Priest, that's it really. And well, they shouldn't they then. shouldn't put they shouldn't put it on TV then. They should put it on Peacock because you you get invested in these characters and then they change them up like Killer Cross. That's why well, I, he was, I haven't been watching it for months. Well, Cross he was he didn't fit NXT either. They didn't really do him any favors. I mean, they had Adam uh, Cole come out there. They had Adam Cole go out there and tell the guy he's just an entrance. Well, after you do that, who wants to see a guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's no, you That's can't a really Triple H line like right there. That's yeah, what Triple H that, told yeah. him to say. I can guarantee you. Yeah, he's classic, you know, Shawn Michaels' mid-90s promo on the poor guy. So he, he was dead in the water yeah. to begin with. I still think he had a chance before they repackaged him as the gladiator. And then they had him lose to Jeff Hardy. Just That's but, why I don't watch... 
the TV. Well, this is what I say about Cross. What was he on NXT? Like he was a gladiator on Raw. What was he on NXT? He was a good dominant champion. Like, I think yeah. he could have been their he's next like a vampire. He, he he made a book blow up. Wasn't he like a vampire? I, I, he wasn't I, a vampire. He was a he was like a like a demon. He was kind of like he was just slowly morphing into the gladiator like gear, but he wasn't like helmet entrance. And from the way he talks, it sounds like he wants to go back. <laughs> like oh, sure like the does. way he talked about. Yeah, the way he's talking about the COVID, it seems like he wants to go yeah, back. Like, but like, apparently, like, when he got called up to the main roster, like, he went from you're going to win against Jeff Hardy in your debut to you're going to lose to Jeff Hardy, which was fine. Then he got in the ring, and they said, all right, you got 90 seconds now to lose to Jeff Hardy. Like, it, it all changed that. He said, like, you can even see it in the video. Like, he's, like, laughing because, like, he couldn't believe how crazy that was, how quickly that turned. And uh, he and he he expressed concern about it, you know, because he's like, I I know how this works. Like, if this starts happening, when you just bring me up, how long am I going to last here? And they said, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you weren't fine. He was done. And when he showed up without Scarlet, my brother called him Mark Merrill, and I felt so bad. But I thought if he would have had Scarlet, <laughs> Mark he probably would. Mark Merrill, how are you going to do that? That's funny. If he if he had Scarlet, I think he would have got a little bit more of a chance just because she was. You know, what Vince looks for in a woman. Yeah. To push him just based off of that. But I think, like, he he was dead in the water with that outfit and losing yeah. that party. Yeah. It, was, it was over. Yeah. Yeah, here's the other thing. And this is, like, kind of a fault of WWE in a way. It's like that NXT roster back then, it was full mm-hmm. of so many of those indie guys that mm-hmm. were kind of, like, smaller to where, like, Cross looks really impressive. Do you know what I mean? Like, when he's in there with, like, Johnny Gargano or uh, Kyle O'Reilly or Adam Cole or, um, you know, there were a lot of them that were, like, just kind of on the smaller side. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. It actually is a great model to make, to make you yeah. know, Cross look really, really impressive. But then you bring him up to the main roster, and Jeff Hardy's the same size as him. Yeah, yeah. And that's an issue. Because suddenly he's not... Who was the other one I was just thinking? Um, uh, Somebody I was just looking at, and they always perceived him as big, but then he came out and he was like the same size as Kevin Owens, and I thought, wow, he's not that big. Like, not that Kevin Owens is tall, don't get me wrong, but you don't perceive Kevin Owens as being tall, you perceive him as being heavy. I, I can't yeah, remember the example. I, 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 there was somebody that I thought, like, that's silly that they would put them next to each other because they're the same size. I, I think Edge, that's what Edge helps. Edge is who it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Edge is the same I, size I think, as, like, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah, but you don't realize it. The guy, was, when, when he was, like, earlier in his career, I always thought Edge was like this, like... Not cruiserweight, Small. but I thought he was like the Brett Sean six foot mm-hmm. six foot one type, you know? Yeah, I used to think that about Randy Orton too, and then you look at Randy oh, Orton, yeah. and it's like, wow, like he's a 
he's a big boy compared to a lot of guys. Yeah, he is. He, he is. He came in and they put him in the ring with Kane and Batista and all these guys, and he looked like what you said, like he's Brett and Sean. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, <clears throat> oh, Steve. I don't know, brother. Well, I know that I'm looking forward to uh, ROH's rebranding and uh, Cesaro, wherever he ends up. I'd like to see him in New Japan, but I can see him in AEW, possibly Brian's good. Yeah, we've got a Ring of Honor now. Yep. Probably. Maybe Kings of Wrestling actually, Reunion. I've asked this. Yeah, that'd I've be asked cool. This with, I've asked this before, um, and people get mad. When if if you're con, when do you finally cut off bringing up? Like when do you say, all right, I'm I'm done? Is there a point where you just go, all right, enough is enough? Like well, with hiring on? people. Yeah. I mean, depends on their budget. We don't. I don't. They're a private <laughs> company, so we don't know. Yeah, I think I think they're going to continue to do it as long as they. Yeah, like they're hiring guys that they're not really going to be able to use on the week to week show. Like, they brought in Mark Henry to do a 45-second pre- – Jim Cornell was just talking about this. They, they brought in Mark Henry to do a 45-second pre-taped promo hosting the main event promo every week. And that's all he does. Big Show is I, under contract. Well, I don't know what he does. Well, they can do commentary. They can coach. They can produce. Pretend, There's multiple like he, things they can do. He got like – yeah, but if you watch Rampage, there's like five people on commentary already. Well, yeah, that's why I mentioned they can produce, they can coach. Like, why? I I hope they're I, I'm hoping they're doing some of that. Otherwise, they're just sitting back there and catering. Like I love Big Show certainly like, on TV. Like Shane Strickland is my guy. I love him. I think he would be a star. But yeah. I see him, and then I turn on Dark. And the other show, and I see Jay Lethal on that show. Jay Lethal is too talented to be on these shows. And it's like, yeah. I don't know where he fits in on Dynamite. And I just don't want talented guys to get, kind of get stuck like Jay Lethal is stuck right now with nothing to do. <laughs> He's going to be in Ring of Honor, too. It's going to become a catch-all. <laughs> so, I'm just wondering if WWE signed Cody yeah. yet, because you could use Cody to help book ROH. But if, if you're Cody, yeah. is that a step down that you're going to give me pretty much your development brand after I helps launch your main show? It depends and on you what he wants to do. He could be the president of it, though. Yeah, he could be the president. He can't, yeah. unless, he puts it, unless he puts it in his contract that he can challenge for the AEW title, he could still challenge for the ROH world title. I mean... I know WWE more the, money. It wasn't the fallout. I'm just saying, if he won. wants to, if he wants the book, then he can do that in ROH. It wasn't part of the fallout. He was kind of pushed to the side, and of course, money. But like he, he had lost some of the power he thought he was given, and blah 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 blah. That's and all my that point. Stuff. Yeah, I mean. He he, I I think it was Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was saying he has a lot of his dad in him. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he said it was it was very dusty of him to leave WWE in the first place, and um, I think Bischoff was saying that it was very dusty of him again yeah. to leave to leave AEW because you know he didn't fit anymore, didn't fit his vision. Yeah, 
Will so, be his dusty finish, though. Well, he had to increase his value, <laughs> like Drew McIntyre did. <laughs> and, yeah, which, yeah, him and Drew are probably the two best examples of that, yeah, of leaving and, and boosting up your value. Because if he comes back to WWE, if, if he gets the money he was looking for, you got to kind of justify it by pushing him and trying to make some of that money back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that's about all I got, man. That's about all I got. All right. Peace be upon you. All right. See you, homie. Take care. Cool. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> I just like hit a wall all of a sudden. Uh, do you guys have anything that you want to plug for this week? Um, Derek, you got no, it. I have nothing. I have nothing. I'm happy to nothing. be back. Um, yeah, it's good to have you back. Did you Did no, you make it last is... week? I didn't even listen last week. No, because last week we had a baby crib come in, and apparently directions don't mean any damn thing. So I was in there banging my head against the wall. Oh shit! Oh, oh wow! It's not like he was. But was I got it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was. They're the worst. Oh, Ikea. Yeah, my brother has Ikea furniture, and I walked out on him when he was doing I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking part in this. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. like a kid's science project. You know, they give you like a, they give you like a, like a, like a, um, a matchbook and a screwdriver and an yeah. Allen wrench and like five nails and two pieces of wood, and they're like, all right, now build this dresser. <laughs> How fun. Yeah. F it, Ikea. F it them. Uh, <laughs> by the way, thank you to everybody who reached out to me about the the, the cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, I, I picked up a cat. Yeah. It, what was it? It came around on last Friday. It just started crying outside the door. Like, all mm-hmm. day Friday. Meow, meow, meow. And I go outside, and I pet it. And then, like, it kept crying, so I brought it out like a little thing of tuna. It's the nicest little cat in the world. And uh, so I brought it out some tuna. I brought it out some water. And Kelly's like, uh, you know what you're doing when you do that. And uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't home at all Saturday, Derek. And the cat was outside all day Saturday. Meow, meow, oh. meow. Oh, for Kelly, the cat was doing that. And uh, I got home at like maybe 1 or 2 in the morning. I, I flip on the light switch in the kitchen. I hear, meow, meow. So finally <laughs> Sunday, I was like, you know what? My parents have a have a, a, a cat. um what do you call it? Like a like a, not a shipping container, whatever they call it, like a crate. So my parents mm-hmm. have a crate. I'm gonna go get this crate, and I'm gonna like bring this cat in, cause like it's gonna thunderstorm and it's like freezing out and like, so I, I bring the cat in and and you know I set it up in the bedroom and everything and then I take it to the SPCA and it turns out that this cat did have an owner, who hasn't Ooh. seen it in more than a year. There was some sort of a domestic issue between the couple, and I guess they broke up, and something happened with the cat, and so she hadn't seen it in a year. So she does want it back. But uh, if it doesn't, if she doesn't pick it up by tomorrow at 6, then I can claim it as my own. There you go. So I I would love to sabotage her in some way, but I don't know how. (laughs) Just by not being home? (laughs) I was, I was... I, well, no, it's at the SPCA. They made me put it there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Like, I guess, like, legally, well, 
They told me, like, to come in. They were going to change. They told me to come in because they were going to change the tags to my name. And then once mm-hmm. they took the cat from me, they said we were able to get the owner. I didn't even get to say goodbye to the damn thing. Oh. So, whatever. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, I don't expect I'm going to get the cat, but we'll see. We'll see. They said there are cases where they just, they're like shamed into saying that they want the cat, but they never come in for it. Yeah. They never show it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping, but I don't think it's likely. So we'll see. Anyway, thank you for all the well wishes for the the cat. I almost called it the dumb cat. But I was balling today, Derek. I was like, oh. I'm, walk, I'm walking around. Like, <laughs> that was awful. It was, it was embarrassing. Uh, I made a, I made a damn I made a damn fool of myself. It's all right. But at least I was yeah walk, walking around the SPCA crying like an idiot because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't get the damn cat that I thought I was gonna get. Talk about entitled. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> Stro, what do you got going on this week, man? <laughs> uh, Thursday night, WCW Retro. Uh, 19 Mission Standard Time. We'll be talking uh, the history of champion versus champion matches. Uh, so feel free to call in. And then third, Friday night on my Orange 557 five, Throw Zone at midnight Eastern Standard Time at facebook.com slash throw the maestro. Uh, Friday night's feature will be Earth versus the Spider. So please tune in. Okay, very cool. Uh, thank you to um, Dra- uh, Drake Wirt. Wirt. Drake Wirt. Sorry. Drake Work. Sorry about that. I was thinking Drake Younger. I was confused. Thank you to Drake Work for the time tonight. And, uh, you know, it was a really great interview. If you missed it, I definitely recommend go back and check it out on the feed. And, uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody for supporting the show. Thank you to the callers. Thank you to the best crew I could ever ask for. Uh, ECWA returns on March 26th with the <coughs> Super 8 Tournament. That's at the Jersey Dugout in Morganville, New Jersey, 721, 712, Genesee Drive, Morganville, New Jersey. The Super 8 tournament this year featuring Encore Moore, Eric Corbett, Eel O'Neill, Fancy Ryan Clancy, Travis Huckabee, Darius Carter, the legendary Ricky Morton, and Erica Lynch. And uh, again, tickets and information available, ECWA Wrestling. Dot time. We're rapidly running out of time, but I'm going to still try and get somebody from the tournament on the show before it actually happens. So hopefully that will work out. Uh, beyond that, yeah, that's about it. Everybody take care of each other. Be good to one another. Love you all very much. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.